0: Coleman, one thing is for sure. There is a bond that you and I have, and I think it lies in our passion. For our, trucks. Our, that, yes. Okay. okay. And- Women. Uh, that, too. Okay. okay, uh, Music. I, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, so that's three mm. so far. G- automotive aftermarket. Wow. Yes, we, we share a lot in mm. common. Performance cars. This, Yeah. So it's probably a long list. That's why mm. we do a show together. But you and I share yeah. our mutual disdain for California gas taxes. Yeah, don't we have another gas- tax increase in like three days or something like that? Yes, we do. It's going to go up to 50.1 cents here. So Per gallon. Yeah, per per gallon.
1: Basically, if everybody in the world had free gas, Mm -hmm. we'd still be paying 51.1 cents a gallon.
0: Correct. Well, that's bogus. Sucks.
1: And we have a crappy oxygenated gas where you get less MPGs. Like I always go, when I go to Arizona, I always make sure right before I cross over the Colorado River... I buy that cheap, really good gas, and then it's like I get another extra mile per gallon coming home, and I'm like, yeah. But then because I'm driving a brick with a brick on top of it, right. it's uh, about Blythe I'm refilling up.
0: Do again, you remember so. how excited I was when I put in my Titan tank in my Dually? I'm uh-huh. like, I'm going to go to Arizona yeah, for just gas so I can ups. fill up. Right, yeah. right. I'm <laughs> going to travel. Uh-huh. Eight hours just so I can get a deal on fuel.
1: Yeah, and then you realize, well, that's dumb. (laughs) No, it is
0: dumb. It's still fun, though.
1: Yeah, okay. I guess Uh, I'll give
0: you that. 50.1 cents is the tax. That was a good way of putting it. If everyone got free free fuel- We'd still be paying. We'd still be paying 50.1 cents. Is this California pompousness? I don't think so. People, this is- this it, is us allowing everyone to crap on us,
1: or us warning them about what's coming to them if they keep inviting Californians into their uh, states.
0: Yeah, listen, and we—I think we've talked about it. Might be Texas. I—I I don't recall where it was. Idaho was it the, the the billboard. Oh, in Idaho. Idaho? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Californians. Yeah. Th- uh, welcome, Californians. Yeah. Don't, don't vote for what you're fleeing from. Right,
1: exactly. Yes. Yeah. Don't or don't try and change what you're fleeing from. Something like that. Yeah. I love Idaho. It's not all high country, right? Like you've got the mountainous sides, you've got the plains. It's not all bad winter weather. Like I could probably stake my, you know, stake out a little part of Idaho. Although Wyoming, Wyoming, loving Wyoming, mm. Montana.
0: I've not spent enough time
1: in Wyoming. <sighs> Wyoming. I've only driven through. We don't really get political on the show for many reasons, but I did say that to my wife. Like if we ever left California, I'm going someplace where it's the highest red population. <laughs> and um, Wyoming was at least like 15 points higher than you're, you're, any other state in the country. You're
0: talking about red meat, right? Uh, of course, beef. Yes. Yep,
1: yeah. barbecue. And uh, way higher than Texas, by the way. And I'm like, those guys,
0: whatever, whatever's in the water up there, I want some of that. Well, speaking of Texas, didn't you come back from there with uh, some really amazing photographs of you in Broncos? Uh, I was the very first journalist to get behind the wheel of the new Ford Bronco. I got a two-day lead time, so I flew into uh, Austin, Texas early. And by the way, isn't this crazy how things have changed? First, many years ago, uh-huh. they hated you for a minute for that's, breaking that's, the Raptor no, news. No, they don't hate me. They were not happy. They were I, less than thrilled. For quite some time. And then okay. now, now you're chummy, you're buddy-buddy, and they fly you out I, there to be the first journalist to drive the Bronco. So yes, there have been other other Broncos out there or in the are, wild. Or, or people, industry people, people
1: working for Ford or partnering with Ford Racers. But and no, like that, journalists been, no journalists with driving impressions. Right, correct. Correct. So we're going to uh, we go through that today uh, because on this show... It's going to be the same day that the embargo breaks, so uh, there'll be a lot of Bronco news out there,
0: so I'll give you my uh, my Bronco road test review and uh, sort of what I thought about it. Um, yeah, but no one's really talking about the Bronco. The Bronco's just kind of like, eh, whatever, no, oh, wait a minute, everyone's talking funny,
1: about it. Funny, uh, t- when we get there, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about, you know our buddy Shag Arrington from uh, Iron Resurrection? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll tell you a story when we get to that part of the podcast.
0: About the Bronco's popularity and how it relates to him?
1: Sure, why not? Okay, <laughs> all, right, well, all right, But first, before we get into the show, we have to thank our uh, presenting sponsor, Nissan. Hey, you're holding a Nissan I'm, pen. I just
0: realized. How, where did this Nissan pen come I from? I brought it from a Nissan drive. Oh, did you really? I oh, did. the one down in Southern California, San Diego. That was that was when I drove
1: the the hard body extra cab. No, this that came from might have been Frontier Pathfinder reveal or something like that. Do you know how many of those reveals I've been on? Uh well since you're an audible, not it, an Autobob journalist It looks zero. like
0: this it's yeah it's a, it's a big goose oh, egg. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just saying you know that I would like how to go. many
1: times I've been on stage with Blink-182 at a concert?
0: Oh yeah that would be zero. Right. Yeah. Goose egg. Oh, did you hear about Mark Hoppus? Yeah, it sucks. Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 announced that, that uh, he's, he's been, been, uh, been going through cancer. chemo yeah. for quite some time.
1: Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. I guess it's not music news, but anyway. But that was uh, The whole thing is it's like, that's what I grew up listening to, right? Yeah. And so it just reminds you how freaking old you are. And it's like, I, I don't want to get depressing on the truck show podcast. We're supposed to lift people here. But man, I've got friends passing away, friends getting sick. And it's yeah. like, I, I'm i not that old.
0: Like You kind of are. But meanwhile, here you are just trucking away, strong as ever. You know what? Oh, me because <laughs> oh, I'm older? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, before we get into Nissan, because I do want to hear what you're going to say. Yeah. In a previous episode, I talked about the fact that I didn't have very many photos of me and celebrities because it was always Kevin and B in the morning show host, Uh and I was taking the photo. I was holding the camera. Right. I actually do have quite a few photos of me and Blink, so I should bust a few of those out. You know what? I felt it was kind of weird, though, because he's he's got cancer, but he's not dying, at least that I I know of. Well, well, you don't— Well, we don't know. We don't know that, Maybe we shouldn't say that since we're not doctors. No, no, but I'm—okay, okay Fair enough. Can we just say throw
1: your prayers toward uh, Mark Hoppus's way? Sure. Yes. If you're a fan of Blink. If you're not, but a fan I didn't of Blink. want to
0: say it like a morbid, like oh he's dying. It's just he said I'm, you know, I'm going through yeah, let's hope he's cancer okay. treatment. Yeah. So all right, Mark, if you're listening, which you're not, I uh, hope you hope you're well. And if you know Mark, tell him that
1: Lightning sends <laughs> sends his regards.
0: Yes. Exactly.
1: All right. Uh, before we get into Nissan, I have some
0: news about Nissan. Like what? Uh, I got the invite for the Frontier
1: first drive coming up.
0: So that's what that is in my Google calendar because you made an entry and it popped into my calendar and I'm like, what is this?
1: Oh, I may have made it as a podcast entry since we share the podcast calendar. Ah. So I'm looking forward. Uh in about a month or so yeah, we should that's be the able one. to talk about it. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it'll be awesome. Looking no, this is that.
0: something that I get to participate on or or no? Uh, no, that a... was
1: actually an accident as to why you got it.
0: Oh, so that this apologies. is another lightning free event.
1: Uh, correct. Okay. Yeah, that, that is actually correct. Um, and you know, it's just uh, Nissan said, uh, "Send yourself, Mister Holman." That's what they said. They specifically, really?
0: Yeah. They said they yeah. actually said it so you, I would be excluded. Right.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: That's yeah. That's but they so said they, they
1: said we'll send you a truck. Mm-hmm. Feel free to give Lightning a ride. Really? No. But, but I'm gonna even, I'm gonna do they that for didn't you. Give, really? Right. I'm gonna do that for you. When I, when it comes to California and I have it in my driveway, uh huh. I'm gonna take you for a ride. Are you
0: gonna make me sit in the bed?
1: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah, but until then, it's all Titan news all the time. So uh, if you're in the market for a half-ton truck that has the industry's best warranty, five to 100,000 miles, then you want to head down to your local Nissan dealer. Can I go and build in price at NissanUSA.com? Uh, you can do that. You can even pick your color. You can pick out, if you want, the Fender audio system, the Titan boxes, the zero-gravity seats. Can I, mean, I have it all? Yeah. Okay. You have a payment at the end, too. So, so, <laughs> yeah. I,
0: so I should just check the box on Platinum Reserve, then? I mean, I would. Okay. It's... Uh, it might be out of my league. All
1: right. Well, then I've got uh, I've got something for you.
0: Yes. Uh, Give it to me.
1: This might actually be in your price range.
0: A uh, a a small diecast toy of a Nissan Platinum. Uh, we
1: actually have one right there on our wall.
0: Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yep. Yep. Uh, hmm.
1: Thanks, Jordan from Daytona Truck Meet for sending he said us that a like Nissan two Titan years ago. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Little die-cast over there. Oh. Uh, no, you can head over to uh, DurlastParts.com where you can check out Durlast water pump timing kits. Think that <laughs> if you can't afford a Titan, <laughs> fix your old truck. They're designed to meet or exceed OE quality and performance with advanced innovation for more efficient, reliable repairs. And, of course, all these kits are designed for faster, easier installation with coverage from nearly 50 million vehicles on the road. So, uh, lighting. if you're looking to replace your water pump timing kit, get a water pump, mm-hmm. timing belt, balance shaft belt, tensioner, pulleys, gaskets, O-rings, seals, hydraulic actuator, and any springs and hardware where required, and it comes with a limited lifetime warranty. Uh, water pump fan clutch kits and thermostat kits are also available. And, of course, our friends over at DuralastParts.com, they, uh, they want to make sure that you understand innovation does not just apply to the cooling category.
0: They're talking to me still? Specifically it's, to you. To me.
1: It applies to the entire brand. <laughs> and this kit is only a uh, a small example of uh, the innovations that go on at DuralastParts.com. Yeah, exactly.
0: don't they have uh, parts for over 90% of all vehicles on the road or some absurd number?
1: Yeah, it's really high. It's, it's actually over 90%. All right, well, if you are one of those people who have decided to fix your old truck rather than getting a new one, you definitely want to head over to DurLastParts.com, where you can find out if they have the tools or parts needed to fix your old ride.
0: So, Holman, let's say that my water pump is fine. I'd rather spend my money on an exhaust system, and I want it to be T304 stainless steel. What would you recommend? Uh, would you like it to drone <laughs> or not drone? Uh, no drone, please. Yeah, oh, drone's annoying. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Okay, so... Uh, Do you want
1: a uh, uh, three-year, 36,000-mile warranty or a million-mile warranty?
0: Let me do the math. Million, of course. Okay, okay. Uh, Would you like it to be made somewhere outside of the United States? I would prefer Bangladesh. No, no, no. Uh, Inside the USA.
1: Okay. Well, then I've got an exhaust note for you. Okay. Okay.
0: All right, well, this is where Holman forces me to... Know your notes. I'm going to guess a... uh, Is this going to be the stock or the Borla exhaust?
1: All right, so I'm going to play a exhaust note for you. Okay. From a Borla system, this is an S-type. You have to guess the vehicle, but I'm going to play it for you now and let you marinate on it.
0: All right, okay. Go ahead and play it. (laughs) Sounds four cylinder to me. Ooh, that one's tough. Dang, that's tough. All right, we
1: will uh, we'll huh. play that when we play. All right, so we will, uh, I'll let you guess that one when we get to our favorite segment later in the show. Know your notes. All right, so I was in Texas. For the uh, the Bronco drive, as we discussed, mm-hmm. and I brought my iPad Mini loaded up with the Onyx Off Road app. Oh, so you didn't get lost? No, not so I didn't get lost. I did it so I could
0: find off road trails because I was in an unfamiliar part of the country. But if you had told them that you left your Onyx at home, and then you got lost, you could have had the truck longer.
1: Uh, Or I could have just pulled it up on my phone since uh, Onyx works across (laughs) all of your devices. So they wouldn't have believed you. Exactly. All right. So uh, I used Onyx out in Texas. And of course, Texas is a lot different than us out here in California where we have a ton of BLM land. In Texas, there's a lot of ranches. And so there's not a lot of uh, open wheeling opportunities. There's a few roads. And oftentimes, it's between private property. So what's awesome about the Onyx app is they have the new Elite membership, which shows you property owners on your off-road mapping software.
0: So is Elite more? I have to pay a little bit more to get that? Or is that included in the uh, uh, the entry-level bundle?
1: So Premium is twenty nine ninety nine a year for the entire country. I mean, that's kind of less than one tank of gas, yes, right? bargain. And Elite offers all the trails and detailed maps, plus the private landowners for $99.99 a year for all 50 states. It's so crazy to- cheap. Totally worth it. Yeah, Totally worth it. So because of that, I was able to go out and find the roads. And Onyx just upgraded the software again where if you choose a place on the map, like a trailhead, you can now hit a button that says "Navigate to," and it'll open up Apple Maps with that pin from your OnX in Apple Maps, and you can navigate to your
0: trailhead. Oh, that's way cool! Have you ever found yourself accidentally in someone else's land where you said, "I need to get out of here before I get shot," and then no, and then, no, I, I guess why would you? Because you've got uh, OnX, right? I'm usually pretty aware of where I am, okay. So I
1: try not to get myself into yeah. Uh, but those sometimes situations. you
0: know they don't. Everyone doesn't stake out their land, do they? I mean, there's not a fence around every single property in the country. I mean, I just try not to get shot. Okay, you're right. <laughs> all right, if you're interested in trying out OnX Off-Road for free for
1: seven days, head over to onxmaps.com slash offroad. Again, OnX is uh, available across all your devices, has over 550,000 miles of roads and trails. It includes trail open and close dates, vehicle restrictions, 985 million acres of public lands across the U.S. You can see your current location on the map. Even without service, using saved offline maps. And-
0: has has Holman? Has anyone tried to do all five hundred thousand miles of trails or whatever it is? I'm guessing no. I but guess you'd I have mean, to be independently wealthy with a lot right. of free time <laughs>
1: and yeah. and a uh, really good gas card. Right. Uh, there's a special going on for July right now, though. If you want to uh, save now through July seventh. You can use code JULY4x4 for 30% off your new OnX, Off-Road, Elite, or Premium Membership purchase. July
0: 4 by 4
1: July 4 by 4 Okay. And what's also cool is if you want to just go for the trial... They don't even require your credit card to play at the app, which is super cool. I know a lot of uh, companies to try their stuff, they want
0: your credit card. So they can automatically bill you without your approval. Exactly. Yes. And
1: Onyx doesn't do that. So this is one of my favorite off road navigation platforms, especially uh, waypoints and saving places and making notes. And you can add photos to it. You can share it with your friends directly on a private thing. You put it out publicly. You can join a special group within Onyx to help uh, populate your area with off road trails. So again, that's uh, onyx.com slash off road. Go check it out
3: Show the truck, show the truck, show. Whoa, whoa. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning
0: and Holman. It's a little hard to sing there with a uh, cupcake in my mouth there. Uh, hostess cupcake. Why? It, it's so much smaller than it used to be. <laughs> I know. The cupcake not, not your mouth. Yeah, no uh it, we raided the uh, Motor Trend uh, green room a few minutes ago and we didn't? No. Oh, because hey, listen. Well,
1: that's not on uh, our budget necessarily. Oh, it's not. The only reason I justify that is because we always have Dr. Peppers in the fridge, and uh-huh. they steal them yeah, from they us. Yeah, do. So I'm figuring, like, all right, well then that's fair trade. But it's sort of not known it's us. Oh, they just whoops. know that the good stuff is missing. Mm. It's sort of like if you go to a convenience store. That's mm. basically
0: what that table looks like. So. <laughs> what was that? Oh, that's it. Was supposed to be. A... <laughs> is that better? A little better. Okay, I'll go with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little disappointing. Uh, they still taste just as good, the uh, the Hostess cupcakes, but they are a little too small. They're almost like just a—you know when you get a cookie and you're like— Is that because we've
1: gotten bigger? Have Are they the same size as they've always been? No, they're smaller. They're smaller? They're hmm.
0: smaller. they got to be smaller, right? You guys, you eat cupcakes, right? <laughs> do you? Yes, you're turning to our audience for this. Uh, I am. You know what it is? Is Remember when when soda cans, when the, when the, uh, the top of the can got smaller because they figured they could save— just a fraction of aluminum. Uh-huh. When Ball, you know, Ball, yeah, the aluminum yeah, company, yeah. they made the top of the can smaller. Right. And it's like that. And you, Most people didn't notice. I noticed. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this. My friend's like, so what? Who cares? I'm like, oh, my God, there's how many millions of dollars are they saving in aluminum? When they made Hostess cupcakes just a hair smaller, imagine the amount of ingredients they saved. Millions of dollars thought in ingredients. I we agreed
1: at the beginning of the show we weren't going to bum our listeners out. Here we go again, oh, delivering oh, bad is that news. what we're doing?
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, just eat two. First is Mark Hoffman, <laughs> and now it's cupcakes. Just eat two. All right, Truck Show Podcast, I'm Lightning. He's Holman. Now, are we doing Bronco here? Are we talking about you uh, romping around Texas in the uh, the new Bronco? Uh, no, I think we're going to talk to uh, Thomas Hoffman first. And Thomas
1: uh, is part of a company called uh, Camp Works Co. So you can head over to at Camp Works Co. on, uh, on the socials. Uh, or www.campworksco.com and find all about their awesome uh, backcountry trailers or rugged eyes for off road use and things like that. And they're fully electric, which is really cool. So we thought we'd have them on and uh, let's give them a call. All
0: right. Dial, you've got the phone.
4: Hey, Sean, how's it going?
0: Well, it'd be great if it were just Sean, but it's Lightning and Holman <laughs> here at the Truck Show Podcast. This Is Thomas and Clayton?
4: <laughs> yes, sure it is.
0: Before we are officially allowed to speak with you, we have to play an intro as we do for so many guests. You have your option. Do you like country or do you like blues or metal? Blues yeah. or metal? I
4: thought we were doing metals, blues.
0: I mean, we, we could do both, but the joke's on you guys. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just pick one for your own safety.
4: Oh, my God. Metal or blues? I was going to say, I might go the country option if I'm being 100% honest with you. Here we go. go. All right, here we go. We got Zach
0: in the room. you the motor I have a feeling that down the other end of the phone line, it just sounded like trash. Just... <laughs> 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 Probably <laughs> sounded horrible. Innovator, motorator are the main lyrics there in that song because you guys are innovators and because you're in the vehicle space, you're motorators. Uh, Even if your uh, vehicle has to be towed by something else. Well, it's only a matter of time until they uh, <laughs> you know, innovate so it's propelling itself. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, true, right?
4: We've been working on that one. Get a little bit of uh, electric propulsion on the back and maybe tow it with like an e-bike is what we're looking at, though. It's going to be the
1: weirdest vehicle on that's the road. <laughs> that say. sounds like something you would have uh, as like a uh, a taxi uh, in Southeast Asia or something like that.
0: Right? A rickshaw? A rickshaw. Yeah, I was trying to say, yeah, yeah, a rickshaw. I couldn't come it's up only, with it in It's in only time. a matter of time until they do it. But that's got to be one stout
1: e-bike.
4: Th-
0: that's going to be their next company. Uh, but
1: we'll talk about this company now, and that's uh, Camp Works. So we've got the... Uh, Founder Thomas and the goat of the business, uh, Clayton, with us, and uh, they have a goat. Uh, that's what I was saying, but apparently it's a person. I see. Okay, I, got I did it. tell him the oh, greatest of all time. I did tell him uh, in our uh, in our conversation leading up to the interview that if it wasn't a real goat, I would have been. I'm going to be incredibly disappointed.
4: No, that's how we operate out here, man. Yeah, so <laughs> we've been hiring all the different animals out here for the jobs, but no, Clayton <laughs> came in. He's in charge of business operations. He's been crushing. I was building the camper in a backyard. And when I met him, he said, "This thing is ridiculously good. This is a well-built product. This is a good company. He got showed the mission of it, and uh, he hopped right on board. And ever since, it's it's been a crazy journey in the last really like seven eight months." Okay, so
0: so board. so time out for one second. We need to rewind the clock. How did this start? You had a dream while in college to make a a solar-powered self-sufficient trailer. Or, or what? Or is it you got married and then realized that you had to get out of the house and you needed a place for just you? No, no, no. He's in Colorado <laughs> and he did tons of peyote. No, is that what he, it is. Like, <laughs> I, so to live off the reservation. You know, it's funny. Their trailer is actually called the uh, HB1 for hotboxing. I think. Oh, is that what it yeah, is? I think so.
1: Yeah.
4: i was like it performs well in that man. I was gonna say it came. It came about traveling. Um, the, the the long and the short of it if i had to go as quick as possible man, this story has been it's been told a few times at this point but we started in college um as a capstone project so i was studying environmental design and wanted to build this really good like tiny home type type thing that could travel well i'd lived out of a van and done that whole van life deal and was like i think a trailer is the better option because then i can have the actual vehicle that i want to have and then i can ditch this thing when i don't want it and i can go do everything else and so I came up with a like self-sufficient um, energy efficient home. Is that what I was conceptualizing it as a, a super see, small see that seems, home. To me, that seems like the right
1: way to go because I feel like i'm I'm always watching these tiny home shows, and the uh, the listeners of the podcast know my uh, my my anger at tiny homeowners because normally they get a forty thousand pound four story tiny home. And they're like, yeah, but it's only 10 by 10, but it's 40 feet tall. And then they show up with like their Subaru Outback to pull it. And you're going, no, you still
0: need a one ton diesel truck, you right. putts So and there's <laughs> well, hold on. Even aside from that, there's so much to unpack. First off, what's a yeah. capsum thing that you just capstone mentioned? capstone. Um, what?
4: I don't even know what that is. What is that? The magical capstone, man. It's like uh, after you study, we study environmental science, like uh, architecture, undergraduate engineering and, and product design kind of all mashed into one with a focus on the outdoors and the environment in general. And the capstone project is what you do to put all of your years of study together. So we were learning of how to do city planning and how to do architecture in the same breath. And uh, basically, it was what I decided that I wanted to study. So you submit to your professor, I want to do this. And I remember my first semester, my senior year, I'm like, I wanna build a a camper. And he's like, well, let's, you know, yeah, let's design one. And I was like, yeah, let's design one and build one. I've got it, I'm doing it anyway. So let's just hope this comes together as a project. And it ended up being for three credit hours. So like one out of my five classes, I built an entire camper. I had a little book that I was calling the Nomad Manifesto that I had written for it. And then I was trying to put together a film and I I guess I fell a little short on that part of the project, but built this entire teardrop camper Looked pretty beautiful. Was a a very kind of an iteration of what we're looking at now when you see the NS1. So let's be honest.
1: You you didn't finish the video. You knew that you weren't going to get hired, so you just said, "Screw it! I'm going to build my own company," and that way I don't have to worry about not being hired in the real workforce. (laughs) No,
4: (laughs) I took I took it from there after I got done with college. Yeah, you would think that that's not going to really lead to a lot of jobs. And I remember just one night. After I got out of school, I was trying to start a business and uh, I I always thought I was skiing too much. And like I was just relaxing and enjoying life. And like starting a business is so much it's so much like pedal to metal and you're out there and you're like you're just working 16 hours a day. And at this point I was skiing and hiking and doing other things and I was out of school. And uh, so one night I just hopped on like Indeed or whatever it was. And there was a job listing for Earth Roamer, which is like yeah, 15 sure. minutes away from my from my hometown here.
1: Awesome company. And
4: yeah. So I got hired out at Earth Roamer and spent uh, a little bit of time out there doing woodworking and, and learning the products, seeing what we were doing. And, and those things, yeah, you, you learn a lot putting together one of those. So I was sitting in that spot and, and wanted to really get into that design and take what I was doing. And it was just, the, uh, you know, it, it became clear that I needed to go. And build my own. I wanted something cheaper, and uh, I wanted something that everybody could get out there, and you wouldn't sacrifice quality, you wouldn't sa- sacrifice on on capabilities, but something that came in at a bit of a a bit of a lesser price point just opened that door for a lot more people to get into this into this overlanding community.
0: Now you had mentioned something really briefly. You almost glossed over it that you had quote unquote done the van lifestyle. What what do you mean that? Because the average as if it were no big deal. I can tell you that neither Holman nor I or any of our friends have done the van lifestyle you know, where speak, we lived in a van. Speak for
1: yourself, I know people doing the van lifestyle. But the problem with the van lifestyle is there is a huge gamut. You can go from Matt Foley down by the river van to like uh-huh. the free candy van, all the way up to like a two hundred thousand dollar sprinter off road van. So like what yeah. part of the van life did you fit yourself into?
4: what part of it did i fit I i, I want to say i didn't fit myself in any of those boxes um, but it is there's so much stereotype to it it's a hard one if you're if you're showing up and you just want to you just want to leave that behind everybody knows where you where you're at you show up to just go i was road tripping all around the west coast so i had left colorado i'd converted a 1997 it was a dodge 2500 and uh converted that built some shelves in the back it was i mean it was a pretty nice little design where you cooked in the back outside and went and hit a bunch of national parks did a lot of hiking did the whole pacific coast highway had done a lot of traveling ended up in montana and spent some time um on a on a bit of property there so it was probably more of like a an elongated camping trip but you also end up and and there's the difficult piece of it from a van life that that whole thing is you can't detach from it so you're always in it and you don't have a place to really ever settle into so when you get to a place that you want to be you're still in your van and you're right. It's like, there's all those connotations. If you, if you show up and you're living out of your van, it gets difficult. So I was, I was traveling around, ended up realizing that I want to get back And the vans, man, they're cold. They have humidity issues. There's all sorts of problems related to that space. They're really, they're not meant to spend crazy amounts of time in, and especially not with your AC not ripping through it, right? Automotive is designed for transportation and not it's not meant to hold you and hold your life really at all so these these crazy conversion vans that people are coming up with i think there's better fixes now but i got back and and i realized that wasn't for me i I wanted to be able to go to a place find a friend's house drop it off be able to go and like live life in those towns and that wasn't how i was experiencing it. it it didn't feel like i was very nomadic or or didn't have that capability to travel from place to place and be there i felt more like wow, I'm really bringing my whole life to everybody's doorstep all the time.
0: So you're at Earth Roamer. And how do you make the the, the, the leap into doing your own thing? You had built one for college. So you knew kind of like it wasn't scary. Uh, But now you've got to get some money, right? And then that becomes scary, right?
4: It does get scary, man. That's the hard part is everybody who's ever had a great idea. You have to figure that all out as well. And it's You're just constantly kind of being optimistic i think is like the root of it is just you're going out you're going to create something you're going to have some fun with it you got to believe that you're going to enjoy every bit of it and i got to the point where we were just slapping together with the earth roamers we were we were doing things in a way whereas we were charging more and more for it i was wanting to fix things and, and do things in a certain way where it would make a little bit more sense to me from my design background and and there's a little bit of conflict there and felt really confident in myself to be able to, to know i was going to go put it together well i really started to see exactly what it was that i was going to build how i was going to do it differently I, I got approved for a big old loan personal loan and just said this is enough to build one i'm sure of it um and and just went for it so built a shed I the first part of it i had to build a shed in my dad's backyard to even start to like conceptualize it so built the first five by eight ns1 the demo that's been on our instagram for the last little bit and we haven't even shown the production unit but the ns1 everybody's seen and on up on our website that got built in a 10 by 16 foot shed on a two foot by four foot bench and it's eight foot by five foot and so there were some space constraints by the time i finally finished it i had to tear down a fence to get it out of the backyard
0: now you could have (laughs) for a guy who's studied architecture that was bad planning i mean you should you should have known better
4: right I man, I had about four four inches to spare in my design, and then I I went used them all.
0: Tired.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it
1: yeah. that, it's like tired. oh, you know, no, no big deal. We can uh, we can fit a single bed, and then you went, oh, dude, girlfriends like queen size yeah. beds. Crap, this thing's got to be way wider.
0: No, this feels like the <laughs> guy. This feels like the guy who's laying down cement and then <laughs> cements him in his, himself into a corner. Yeah, it's right? uh, a <laughs> uh, it's uh, what's the uh, Paul steam shovel or whatever? What's that old <laughs> children's book
1: where the old steam shovel digs the uh, basement and then can't get out? That's basically what happened down here.
4: There. Oh, my. Well, there's the real-life inspiration for that story. Here it was.
1: <laughs> I, <sure>. So now <laughs> you're, uh, your dad is camping in his backyard all the time because he has this uh, shed on wheels.
4: <laughs> he's got one of the world's best campers just popped up out of nowhere in his backyard. Talk about staycation, guys. Yeah. Like,
1: that's the ultimate. You can't okay. even take it anywhere. Okay,
0: so let's, let's, let's go back to your days at college, and you have this epiphany. I'm going to build a better camper than Lightning. anybody. Lightning. They went to college at CU Boulder. Yeah. They don't remember those days. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. But take us back and I want to find out why listen, campers have been around forever. Trailers have been around forever, right? How are you going to reinvent the wheel?
4: Yeah, there's so much to it. This space this space is so focused on like a DIY process built out a built out of necessity. And we've been doing a bunch of work, getting our modeling, our 3D rendering, or not not rendering, but really going into it, getting our construction documents dialed um, and setting up our process. So our shop has gone through a lot of stages where it's already set up for when we get to a production of 300 units per year. So even as we multiply, we've been doing all the work just to get really, really prepared in advance. And just having that long-term mindset of like, we know we're designing something great. Let's make sure we're always planned for it. And then not calling it a camper. And at the end of the day, it's like this product is, is amazing if you go out and you're on a three-day, two-night camping trip on in the middle of a summer. But uh, it's also it's built for skiing in the winters. It's, it's well insulated. We can underplate the entire bottom of the trailer with steel, insulate the bottom, heat the water tanks with a heated mat, recirculate the water, keep it insulated and heated in the middle of winter with crazy amounts of batteries and specs. We can put four 400 amp hour batteries into our camper so we can throw a crazy amount of power into it and really keep you off grid anywhere or even we call it this not off grid but we can create a grid anywhere so if you want to go out in the wilderness and, and build a build a tiny home if you want to build your cow in the woods you go find this you take it and you've already got a supply of of electricity so we're really trying to reinvent it and, and create an object that has way more use cases than just like recreation on a weekend but really can be something where you have a birthday party you want to go have a fun time at the lake whatever it is you want to tailgate yeah clayton whispers i'm like clayton hop in on this one man but yeah Yeah. the tailgating scene there's been some work that we've been doing there to make it a great tailgating device
1: yeah i think it's cool looking through your instagram at some of the uh i guess it's sort of modular in the different spaces from the rear of the vehicle the side of the vehicle you guys even have like a guest house if you do a rooftop 10 on top of it too where your buddies can come and, and camp with you too uh, it's, it's pretty cool, all the little design elements you guys have included in it.
3: Yeah, I think for us, uh, and, and this is Clayton, by the way, but I think the biggest thing for us is creating something for the person who's really on the go. You know, when you're on a road trip, you don't always want to get McDonald's. With the induction stovetop, you don't have to eat the soggy sandwich. You bring, you know, have your Dometic cooler on the front, uh, and you have some pre-made pastas, and you can throw it on the induction stovetop and within two minutes, you have an actual nice meal, healthy meal, if you want to, while you're on the road. We all know, you know, the, the Coleman stoves are great, and I still use them on occasion. Uh, but they're once you use it once, it never looks the same. We've cooked on the back of the demo hundreds, if not thousands of times, and it looks like a brand new stovetop. So it's easy to keep clean. It's easy to get out there. When you're hiking 14ers, you don't want to spend two hours packing up. It's really made for people who are on the go constantly and who want to maximize their time doing and not cleaning up or packing.
1: So let's uh I, I don't know if we did a good job of describing the trailer. It's sort of like a No, a, we haven't even started yet. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a, a single axle uh style trailer, so uh, one set of wheels, although you guys use a uh a axle-less system. Um and then yeah. it's it's a, like a modern teardrop, but it's got it's angled, so it's sort of unique More in its shape. Yeah.
4: More Yeah, it's kind of like the
1: tow missile launcher uh, uh, slant back on a Humvee is kind of what it uh, reminds me of. Yeah,
4: I think so. There's a piece of it. It looks I think it looks great with them. There's some like just clean concepts of the original design was just like really simple um, off a sheet of plywood. And it's kind of morphed a little bit from that, but it's just not trying to overcomplicate it. That's where it's a teardrop style and it looks kind of like that. But at this point, I mean, I think it it doesn't really have that same appeal i think it looks a teardrop i always think of like this retro um kind of like this retro small thing with a hatchback and yeah we we had a few design changes where the entire back slope of our of our camper is covered in 240 watts of solar panels keeping your battery charged up so when you look at it i think it's somewhere between maybe a hummer like that humvee slant back the retro teardrop style I, I look at it as we we had somebody one of the first days we ever took out the demo. This guy walks up. he goes, That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I'm trying to prove to Clayton that he wants to work with me on this project. and somebody I'm like, I paid that guy to come up and say that I'm almost certain. But <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely worth having a look at. it's It's something where from the original design it it ends up the process. can i can I get into this a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. yeah, comfortable hearing about that. Yeah, let's do it. I mean I hope that I hope the listeners are stoked about it too I'm like I'll tell you about that but it was basically from that simple design of like the four foot by eight foot sheet to build the demo and it's a wooden box on the demo on the on the salt on the new one on the ns1 on the production model it's a composite shell all one piece so there's no seams nothing sealed together it's all built our mold breaks into five parts that way when you lay up the the part inside um, you get like one tub so we don't put any cuts in the ceiling or anything like that so we keep it really waterproof and the plug to make that part off of so you start with a plug you mold off of it and then you make your parts off your mold Um, so you make that plug and I ended up spending probably four months just hand sanding every detail every curve every body feature all the windows and doors and everything um, just trying to make sure that this was this was perfect so we, we moved into our shop and it was the first uh, it started in the backyard again. So even after having to tear down a fence to get the other one out, I started building on the back patio again in the backyard. And then we finally ripped that out of there, got into our shop and it was months of just hand sanding and fine tuning and really sculpting this piece. So um, that that that's how that shape came about.
0: And what what is it made out of? So the original one was wood as your demo and then you get you said composite, but composite what?
4: Composite, yeah. So it's a composite, it's resin, and then a balsa core on our current design. So we're using just a fiberglass sheet with, uh, you know, petroleum-based resin and a balsa core. And one of the really cool things that we're working on, we have, there's there's a whole side of our company here that's been working on biodiesels and um, has a cold-stabilized biodiesel down to the one of the lowest temperatures, if not the lowest temperature ever. So it's going to have a lot of applications, but that same technology and thought process that went into that is going to help us create a bioresin for our product. So basically, we're not going to have to go and get petroleum to make our shell. We're going to be able to use hopefully a flaxseed fiber um, instead of the fiberglass or a silica based and, uh, and and then we're going to be able to use a bio-based resin for the actual shell. And that's that's straight out of CU Boulder right there. <laughs> I'm
1: looking at your Instagram, at CampWorksCo. And by the way, uh, www.CampWorksCo.com. And uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff. Some of the uh, CAD drawings of, of the cutaway where you can see how you can sit at a, a dinner table and in the same space have a bed and the way things fold up, the cabinetry. And then some of your your newer photos the interior looks like a uh, a handmade yacht or something like that. Like it's very very uh, well done. It's, the porthole
0: window is cool. The woodwork is very cool on it. Is, is the plan to offer bespoke trailers, or will they come in like? How are you going to offer these? How will our yeah. listeners buy them or to order people them? people with yeah. green money. No, but you know or what I'm saying. The people
4: with like, green money. Well, they they, they mean, could are we easily say.
0: No Doge because it's like forty cents or something right now. I don't, I don't think that's a <laughs> well, smart Well, it's coming
4: knife. back up. So right now we'll accept Dogecoin, but we won't accept it when it's at its tip top. Um, <laughs> no man. I, first off, I appreciate you guys saying that. I mean, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of time. The cabinetry is as high quality of a cabinet as you can build. We want something that's going to last and stand out to it. So mortise and tenon joinery all throughout it, glued and screwed everywhere we can reinforce. Um, the cabinetry is something where you're in a small space, it has to be beautiful when you when you put your hands on that, when you're laying right next to it. In that small space, it really has to be as high quality as we can possibly make it. So we use five panel doors um, through on the cabinetry. The interior, man, it's uh, it's like sound acoustic panels on the walls. So it sounds, I mean, it looks good on our website, but we've got to get you guys to come tour it and sit in it in person. But yeah, you can sit inside of it. There's a little, like, dinette area. It can convert between that or a workstation if you're kind of out being a digital nomad. And the and the walls are acoustic, so it sounds beautiful in there. It's warm. It's insulated. It's well-sealed. And uh, I think we were talking about where – well, the green money. I forget what you even asked about that. Something about oh, that. Right. You know, yeah,
1: where, where can you, you buy it? What, what, are you guys taking orders now? When will the first ones be delivered? What's the process? Is it direct through you guys? Do
0: you have can a dealer I, network? <clears throat> can I buy them in different colors?
3: yes yeah so uh our we'll be delivering we have two deliveries coming up uh so we are delivering we currently sold out of all of the 2021 ns ones so we are good job guys yeah we we appreciate it it is definitely uh something something we're very proud of and and looking forward to moving forward and and getting to the ns1 2022 model uh so that's what we'll be selling you can get it through the website. Uh, we are booked out until January, uh, you know, we say that we are constantly trying to grow the team and the facility so that we can over-deliver on those dates, uh, but the best way is, is just through the website.
1: So uh, let's yeah. go over the, uh, obviously NS1 is, uh, is for Nomadic System, and this is, I guess, uh, version one, but I want to talk about the kind of the dimensions and capacities again. So it's uh, 66 inches wide, 105 inches high, and 54 inches long. Uh, ground clearance, 15.5 inches. Um, the trailer length and width is 152 by 89. It's got a pretty good 25-degree uh, departure angle. The rear axle is set back on it, so that's kind of nice for, uh, for when you're taking it down a dirt road and all, all that good stuff. Dry weight, 1,750 pounds, which means just about anything on the road that has a trailer hitch can tow it. So you guys have uh, eight cubic feet of underbed storage, 20 gallons of water on board, 200 watts of fixed solar capacity on the roof. 24-watt-hours of battery, which is pretty crazy. And then you guys list, this is my favorite, uh, exterior mount capacity. The uh, technical rating on that is a lot, according to your uh, <laughs> just uh, sales a lot. material. <laughs> uh, but then you guys also sell packages as well. All right, so let's, let's hit what's standard. Off-road, you guys have uh, the timber and axle suspension and articulating hitch. Uh, on-demand water heater. Uh, that feeds the kitchen sink and outdoor shower, fully solar. We talked about that a little bit. Winter ready, so uh, you had talked about the insulation uh, and waterproofing. You've got induction cooking, so you don't need to uh, bone up on, uh, on gas or anything like that. You are able to uh, use uh, the batteries for that. Uh, and then some of the packages you have are um, pretty crazy. you got the Four Seasons off-grid package, the Supercharged Electricity package, the Professional Camp Chef package, the Glamping Upgrades, uh, digital nomad, and then you've got additional packages coming soon. Maybe talk about what uh, is in some of those packages, and and why you uh, you thought that those would be the popular places people would land on on the option sheet. And then, can you mix and match those as well?
4: Absolutely. Yeah. That's so. I think that's the question you asked about the bespoke like nature of it. Is like uh, we offer six different exterior colors. We offer three different cabinet colors, of wood choice. And then the wall panels on the interior, I think is six different colors there. So by the end of the day, like yours is going to look different than somebody else's and it's going to fit you perfectly. And then when you get into the standard offering, what we tried to do is there are people in this space that are making a quality product for a, a lesser price point. But what we're trying to do is come in and make sure that when you get ours, there's no real upselling needed, right? Like it, it, it's going to function at its base. We don't have a base model. At our base, you're going to get something that is 100% reliant on the power of the sun and in the batteries. So you're getting electric heater and electric water heater. You're getting an electric cooktop. You're getting an oven. You're getting a refrigerator. All these different things are always going to be powered by the sun. But there's different use cases. So when we talk about just getting it to look right and have it be the color you want, Um, That's really important to get it customized, but right there's other things. Some people are avid campers all year round, and they're going to get into some pretty extreme places and do some pretty crazy stuff. So what we do, you talked about our departure angle, and departure angle is really important when you get onto these trails, but we didn't want to overemphasize that in our design because most use cases and most of our customers aren't going to really be putting it in crazy, crazy situations off grid and off the trail, but we want to make sure that it's not the reason anybody's ever in trouble. So this trailer itself was designed to make sure no matter what your car is, um, that this thing is going to be able to track right behind it. So it has more ground clearance than a standard stock um, Jeep Wrangler. So it it ends up being a really, really capable off-road rig, but if you're going to push it even further, that's what I was talking about. We plate the bottom, and then make it um, 11 gauge steel on the entire bottom. So you can actually just drag the trailer if you're ever in a bad pickle of a spot, just drag that thing right out of there. It's gonna protect the entire underside and it gets insulated so if you're doing it four seasons. So the packages were all revolved around different people who would wanna do different things with it. I know that even if I built it that way at base, there are people who will never go put it in a spot where they're dragging it off rocks or trying to camp in January. That's just not going to be their use case ever. So we wanted to make sure that we offered everything you needed and the packages go beyond that. So the camp chef package ends up having a butcher block countertop that pulls out. It's ready for bar mode. It ends up incorporating a refrigerator, a smoker, a grill, a Breville oven. It it incorporates all these other amenities. I want that one
1: and and I want the four seasons off grid, which has that, uh, the skid plating, the uh, uh, two-inch floor-plus insulation, the- So, wait, you're buying two? No, 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 no. I, I want them all in the same oh, one. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Although, yeah. I, I think that, like, if I was going to have a company where I was in charge of the uh, naming of the packages, I would name them after friends of mine. So, like, um, uh, the glamping upgrades, that would be uh, the Brenda package, because that reminds me of my friend Brenda. <laughs> Four seasons off-grid, that would be Dave. So, okay. Dave, Dave would cost uh, three grand. Uh, supercharged electricity, that would be um, Seth. I think that would be a Seth. Package. I
0: don't know even that wouldn't relate to anyone. It wouldn't make the, sense. No? Okay. No, yeah, that's a I know awful a Seth, idea.
4: I know a Seth and he's really just low key and chill, I wouldn't think supercharged. Oh, so he's he's no. the
0: standard uh package. No, and he might be Seth the or,
4: standard Seth package. No, and
0: but <laughs> Seth are problem makers. You are they? You don't now. Yeah, you don't find Seth in Silicon Valley. You find Seth in like downtown Phoenix on on methamphetamine like for forty whoa, straight. Whoa, easy. That's Seth. All right, you so uh, <laughs> Truck Show Podcast whoa, whoa. at gmail.com Over if your down name down is there. Seth. We're sorry. I'm just saying <laughs> oh, it's bad. Oh my gosh. Hey, I'm sorry Seth if you're Hey, hey, hey guys, I'm, so I, have, I have, I'm curious about as an upstart, <laughs> as an upstart, so you're looking at things where so there's stuff that you're going to make in house, right? You're talking about yeah. the walls, the ceiling, a lot of things there. You're not making the materials, you're buying the materials materials, you know, like the fabrics, things like that. But no, they have seamstresses what and a,
1: they're actually doing a bats of fabric. For, I have, I, I doubt. It's a they, huge weave.
0: I, I doubt the one they One shop, are. Right. wing of our shop. But no, like, like the, for example, the doors, the door hinges around your portholes, some of that stuff. I'm curious if you guys are machining so we example for example holman we'll talk to guys who will machine their own headlight bezels things like that i'm wondering how granular you guys are getting or if you at some point you don't want to buy anything off the shelf because you can go to an rv store and buy the door hinge you can buy all that stuff right um i'm wondering that
4: one huh yeah and i mean and it's and some of that rv stuff is crap it's lightweight but it's crap you guys are walking into me every single day in my engineering meetings here. Um, the doors on our product, and I will tell you this, and it's been used by and large in this community. That is the number one thing on my to-do list is to get it changed. When I when I built the body, um, so to answer that is like we're not going to go into a lot of machining. And and the reason why is I want to remove a lot of the aluminum bezels. So we're doing custom windows inlaid into the body. We're inlaying our solar panels into the body. I'm giving you guys a little bit of the hints and the little what's coming in the 2022 NS1 or the NS2 here. Um, And and the, the cool piece is as we work toward developing exactly what this product looks long term, there's a lot of in the startup phase. We want to get a product to market and show what we make and show what we do. And, and really start to establish ourselves as like, we're building the best trailer we possibly can and, and start to show that to people. So there's certain battles that aren't worth fighting early on, um, but there are definitely, the initiative is to make sure everything is. So as far as how granular we get, I mean, our entire composite body, our underbay, our cabinets, our trailer, all entirely custom and manufactured by partners of ours. So we're not buying anything from somebody, they're all working as contractors, for us, right? So it's not like this is a part that we're buying off of a lot someplace. And when we designed that composite shell, the reason it took so long to design and build is that the windows right now, we're just using an off the shelf product, but for us to be ready and adaptable to future, right? To that future use when we get all these custom manufacturers lined up for every single detail and every single part, it takes being preemptive. So our our doors are already built in our mold in a way that we will be able to eliminate the entire door seal on our current door. And then we will be able to go from a one inch kind of RV standard door. We're going to go and bulk it all the way up to three inches in the door. It's right next to where you lay when you're in the trailer. And we also want to make sure that our glass goes from single pane, which is really standard in the RV industry, up to dual pane, which is really standard in your home, or even a triple glazing, which is really standard in in modern modern homes. So the, the piece of it being the NS1 or the nomadic system is that it's every single detail really plays a part in it, where we position our water tank is really important to being able to access our wiring and and keep our harness really really clean and efficient so that we can make good upgrades to our battery in the long run to our water systems in the long run to our hvac um so every single design element has been really really thought over and and like kind of kind of meticulously thought out at this point for for what it is i think campers people expect that low quality and they i think kind of would Tend to expect that it's made out of quarter-inch plywood and 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 some wall panel that's going to fall apart. RVs but are crap.
1: We, Anybody I mean, who has one, RVs they're all crap. crap. You can buy the yeah. most expensive, nicest RV, and they're all, with the, a couple exceptions, are all made the exact same way with the same crap. And like, just you live in Florida and you're resealing the roof from the UV and the hurricanes after mm-hmm. a couple years, or you live in Montana and the winters take a toll, or you live in California and Half the side is yellow
0: from the sun, and you're blowing tires on the front. Yeah, RVs suck. You take a turn too yeah. sharp, and the whole thing tacos. I mean, did they're still they're still building them out of freaking wood? And it's like and, the, it's, and it's polycore. Ikea,
3: it's IKEA furniture, is what it is.
0: Wow. I think it's
4: worse it's than IKEA. Board.
3: Yeah, it's yeah, it is
0: particle board. IKEA is hey, more
3: engineered.
0: One thing that you guys brought up, uh, you mentioned it really quick here, is air conditioning, your your HVAC, and. Mm-hmm. you... How long can you run air conditioning? You'll kill your battery. So I go. I went from like a three day excursion to down like I can spend two hours in the forest with AC, and now I have to turn around and come home.
4: Yeah. So where we're at here in Colorado, that th- you're bringing up a great question and another one of the key elements of things that we are working to innovate on. Right. So we want to create a great camper, and right now we've done so many things. I think just the right way from a craftsmanship, a quality, and an automotive standpoint, we've done them the right way rather than the RV industry way. Air conditioning is a really, really tough one for us. When we're in a summer months here in Colorado, you head up into the Rocky Mountains and there's no need for air conditioning in our camping application, right? So from our perspective, we've been local in our sales for the most part. We've been as far as Minnesota, California, and uh, Virginia. So we've covered the entire country with our sales here early in our first year. But in our design of this camper, the, the air conditioning is a pretty big draw obviously and what we always talk about here is that if somebody wants an air conditioner we can accommodate that request right now uh and so i don't want to i mean the pieces all our competitors are going to be listening to this and they're going to be starting to work on their air conditioning units too but we want something that's going to keep people cool and off-grid for a long term so we're working through some some stuff here and again we'll we'll get it out there but it's it's so that we can have heating and cooling run off the same so we've all seen. Probably haven't heard about heat pumps in houses, or maybe this is one that we haven't, but you can actually heat your house in the middle of winter with like the reverse of an air conditioner. So the same system can be used just to move heat around. And so that's one of the things we're working on. On all our first units here sold, nobody has requested an air conditioner, but obviously I'm not going camping in Florida. I'm not going in the Midwest in the summer months, probably without one. And so what we talk about is we can put as many as 1,600 amp hours of battery in. And at that point, you really could go and have an off-grid AC running the entire time. We could offer it to our customers if they wanted that option. That is something we can accommodate right now as is. And it would be fully off-grid. I would expect you to be able to still be off-grid for a week with that system. The reality is it's still more efficient probably to be on a grid at that point if you're going to run an air conditioner at this current moment. So it's one of the big to-dos and to tackle for us is make sure that, that experience being off-grid goes a really long way. And, and it goes down to every detail, though. If you don't insulate your camper well, you can be just pumping an air conditioner into a little box that's leaking. So we're going to make sure we fix that first, and then we're going to go into air conditioning and, and try and add that luxury too.
3: We have we have outlets so you can run fans. And like Tommy said, it is very well insulated. So even in some of those warmer places, you don't find yourself getting too hot after hours. Uh, but a big part of this product is it's amazing. Uh, for you to sleep in but it's not there for you to spend your time indoors we're not trying to give you a big you know we that's why we don't make a a 30 footer right now because this product is there to maximize your time outdoors not be there for you to hide away while you're outdoors indoors so it's made so it's not
1: a uh it's not a hammock in the woods that's fully enclosed and isolated It's also
0: not a good (laughs) home for Seth in Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah,
4: yeah, in Phoenix. So in Moab, there's a few pieces of this. And and, and this one's going to, like, dive into a little bit of the environmental design side. So get ready for ENVD 101 here, guys. But when you think about designing houses, there's solar orientation. So when we put our solar panels, the solar panels are absorbing a lot of the heat. Then we have a good layer of insulation in our cabinet. So if you open your doors when there's relative humidity is low, you open the doors, even if it's 100, 110 degrees outside, because of the way the camper is built and the shade and awnings that are on it, you're in a nice little oasis. So not hammock in the woods, fully self-sufficient, but by the NS2, I, you guys have heard it here first, by the NS2, uh, that will absolutely be the case that you can set the thermostat to whatever temperature and hide away inside of there so that no one's in grueling heat. That is, that is something we are absolutely working to make sure is, is possible in the future.
1: With your 200 watt solar panel set up and, and your batteries, um, yeah. I guess you're at uh, 2,400 uh, 2, watt hours. What, uh, in a full sun condition uh, with regular use, is it indefinite or with the, the diminishing returns that could come with electrical use and solar? Is it five days? Is it a week? And then can the tow vehicle charge the system? Or can you plug into shore power, if you will, at a campsite and charge that way as well, or is it only solar?
4: You can you can charge shore if you're at at a spot where you needed to. But our camper has been 12 days out in the middle of the wilderness with ice cream on day 12, um, still fully working, still running everything perfectly with those solar panels. We also include a 60 amp solar charger on the inside, and I think that's good to. 72 volts so 60 amps and 72 volts when you're looking at 12 volt panels um they they, and you know getting into the text on this one but you could add on an additional 10 to 14 of our panels um out in the middle of the wilderness so if you just flat stack some extra panels if somebody's really trying to keep this thing as an off-grid like just energy machine we can go set up as many of these as you want we so we built that system way way robust i mean it's something where Add the solar you want, add the battery you want. we're We're already scaled and ready for it in like these crazy extreme use cases. And so you do that. I, I realistically the the answer is it's indefinite. As we look at a four hundred amp hour standard battery with the two hundred and forty volts uh, or for two hundred and forty watts panels, it's an it's an indefinite. You stay out there and you do what you want to do, and it puts a little bit of it puts a little bit of mindfulness to you. Like you got to be a little bit aware of what you're using. If you cook a, a Thanksgiving for 10 like we did, I wouldn't expect to turn on the heater that night. But that's a that's a kind of a of an obvious choice. You just cooked a meal for 10 people. You need less friends need, and family. Need, I mean, that's the obvious choice right there. I like heat. Or you need two and <laughs> less ones. Yeah, uh, just, two of them, yes. Just, yeah, just tell
1: your sister-in-law she can't come.
4: <laughs> well, or just at that point, then bring sleeping back. I mean, and there's a fine line between these things. I, I remember listening to Elon Musk talk about solar panels. He goes, we'll never have a solar-powered car. And and he's talking about the reality of that is that if you wanted to drive continuous using solar power, that's never going to happen. I mean, there's just like laws of physics.
1: Okay, guys, listen, here's the deal. I, I am an avid camper slash overlander uh, slash backcountry adventurer. I at least once a month am on some epic trip somewhere. I, I leave next week. I was just camping all weekend. This uh, is Holman weekend.
0: showing off right now. No, no, no. This I is know. this is me
1: giving cred. Like Brilliant. I understand their space, and <laughs> and I'm not shy, guys. Like uh, I've got a three year old, and she has a book called Everybody Poops, and we have to talk about that. What do you do in the trailer? Because this isn't a full tilt RV with a, a black water tank. Do you use a bumper dumper or something like that? Because here's the deal. My wife will not come if there is not something that feels like an approximation of a bathroom. And yeah. you you and me, we just go out in the woods and, and, and hang with the bears. But if I want my wife uh, to go camping with me, you know, what's the solution? So when I borrow a trailer from you and to say, honey, we're going to disappear in the wilderness, the first question she's going to be is, Where do I? Where do I shower? Where do I
4: show? Okay, Yes. Where Where, do I shower? Right. Showers. Showers just as important. And so we have we have the outdoor shower and it can be used underneath the awning. So if you need a shower off, I always say it's an outdoor shower and you could go like full soap and suds and wash the hair. But you are still camping. Again, let's get a little bit more real with it. You rinse off your feet if you're on a muddy hike, whatever it is. Sure. The dog runs through something out there. Rinse them off. The Bear outdoor poop. shower is there to keep yourself pretty clean, not very, very clean. I think, you know, embrace it a little bit. It's always good to have a little dirt on your okay. fingernails. So what, I, what I'm
1: what i hearing is pee in the shower. Now, what about number two?
4: <laughs> and, now, and, and on that, we've partnered with Dometic. So they make our fridge that we're using at the moment. And they also have a whole line of like sanitary yes. toilet products. Are you guys and, using a CFX 3? yeah on the cooler side yeah nice. absolutely that, that thing's pretty fun man i think it's it's always nice it's you're sitting there i can just already envision people being like hey you want to know how cool my cooler is right now and looking over you at, look at your guy phone still running yeah. the yeti with ice yeah exactly like 28 degrees man and uh you want a crisp a nice crisp cold beer i got you i got ice cream and, and the ice cream absolutely so We've we've seen it out there. That Dometic product, I think, from the price point that you get and the quality that you get in it, that functionality, it's a quality it's a quality object out there. And so, um, that's what we use on the cooler side. But on the yeah on the toilet side, there's plenty of options. Like I said earlier, there's awnings for the shower and the toilet. We have a toilet option um, that goes outside the camper. It's right there for you. And and so, absolutely, I understand that's a big concern for people.
3: A big use case for this too is. We don't really find as many people. I would say less than 10% of our customers are going to go post up somewhere for a week. Most of them are constantly on the road, therefore hitting gas station and gas stations and and things like that stops. Or just holding. We're so. just holding it for a weekend. <laughs> yeah,
4: we've all <laughs> we yeah. we've all seen that. If you've been out there in <laughs> yes. the back country, yeah. you've seen it. It's like. You didn't go to the bathroom for five days, honey. Are you all right? Like, yeah,
1: I'm not, I'm not going out here.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. I mean, you get attacked by a bear if I, I go to the bathroom.
1: I'm really looking at the packages again, and, and I, I, you know, the glamping upgrade, I think, for you, Lightning, is, uh, is solid. It's uh, curated interior bedding. Uh, outdoor dining upgrades. Uh, it also has wine and cheese night. I'm gonna pretend that you're not insulting and me right picnic now. Picnic accessories, okay. because that's right up your uh, your alley when we uh, mm-hmm. we go off road. Mm-hmm. You know, lightning and I went off road, and uh, you know, he's like, "Are we camping?" I'm like, "No, I forgot the charcuterie board," and he got very upset. That's I don't know what you're show. talking about. I'm very dude, upset. I'm the
4: first one. I'm are you cam- knocking it? I don't know if you're knocking it or if you're being sincere right now, and it's throwing me
1: into <laughs> a real emotional loop. I don't know. I'm basically just knocking lightning. I'm liking what you guys are doing, but uh, but knocking dude, my friend
0: I, over I here. I can I can hang <laughs> with the best of
1: them. Um, l- l- listen. Uh, if the toilet
0: package had a name, it, you could name it Sean. Okay, that's I'm fine <laughs> with that. <laughs> and they start at one hundred and five thousand dollars.
4: So Sean, uh, I'm going to hop in on that one. Yeah, so we've been selling. We sold out of every 2021. We planned. We projected what we were going to sell. We sold out at thirty six thousand base offering. Average retail was forty four thousand. Once you wow. get into those packages and we sold out of every single one of our pack of our models that we were going to make this year. Dude, good um, work guys. Congrats. I I appreciate that, dude. It's been it's been a seriously a crazy time in the overlanding community and it's been I chose this not because of COVID, not because of that, but I because I wanted to build a great product at that time and met Clayton and he's done an amazing job showing people what the value of this product is. When we switch for next year, we're going up to 42,000 base offering but we're gonna add a few things that right every customer has been working towards so we have go. that average retail of forty four thousand. we really are trying to offer something that when you get it you don't need to be concerned about if it has what you need but it's fully loaded so we're up in the price of forty two thousand, but we're gonna add with that double the battery yeah we're gonna be up in the battery with that offering that's a deal right there to- yeah, we're going to be making sure that you're really, really equipped to get out on the road and and like experience what the NS1 is that nothing else is. And that's where we're trying to make sure that that price is reflecting exactly what that is. And, and when we add more packages, there's a lot of cool things we're working on. If, if you're big on, for me, I, I won't miss the Broncos game on a Sunday morning, but I like to go camping. So if I have a big screen TV in my little camper, that still sounds like a good time to me. So that's one of the things we're working on. We're going to keep being, being creative about it and making sure it's perfect for people where we can build them exactly what they want.
1: So what? How many? If you if you can tell us, how many slots will you production slots will you have available in uh, 2022 for people who uh, might be interested in uh, looking you guys up?
4: So we're going to start a pre order campaign here in the next few months. We've been working on a few ways of how we can launch that. We've done no marketing to this point. Everything that we've done has been just internal photography and and work on ours like a little bit of instagram ad budget to get to this point but like very very minimal for the company size that we have and we're going to add we're going to add a little bit more effort to really showcasing it and getting a pre-order campaign launch so in a few months here you will start to see pre-orders come out we're going to go off that but we're looking to get in the 100 to 300 units by next year and then uh, we, we have a few applications that we're working on with it long-term to get that number way higher. They, they sell 250,000 Tacomas every single year. So I think there's about 250,000 people that should get one of our campers at least.
1: I mean, that sounds uh, pretty ambitious, but I think you guys have a great product by the looks of it. Uh, the mindset's there, the, the quality's there, the engineering's there. It's, uh, it's really cool. If you guys want to check it out, head over to uh, campworksco.com, campworksco.com. Dot com and on Instagram, at CampWorksCo, and check out uh, Thomas and Clayton's uh, awesome little company here. And, dude, the, the trailer looks killer. If you guys ever uh, have a loaner somewhere out in Southern California, you know Lightning and I will uh, be happy to pick it up for the weekend and defile it for you, uh, unless it has the rooftop <laughs> tent because we're not sleeping in the camper together.
4: When we're, we're doing a big old West Coast tour this year. In, the, in a few months, we're going to get it all out there, and we're going to take a few units on a trip. So hopefully you guys just meet up with us, and we'll have one set up for you. You can just join us at the campsite and experience it that way.
0: Perfect. I like that. All right, gentlemen, congratulations on the success. Uh, We love the entrepreneurial spirit, and you're you're obviously kicking some ass here. So, uh, again, congratulations.
4: Yeah, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us on, and, and the conversation was excellent. Thank you guys. Yeah, we
3: appreciate it.
1: Uh, you guys are far too kind. Uh, wait till you hear it in edit, and you will completely change your mind on that. <laughs> no, no, no. Do, <laughs> do you, do you think like we it. unsold some trailers from this podcast? Or no, I think we sold some. We, so- we sold some. Absolutely. Yeah, there should be a special edition for uh, the Truck Show Podcast listeners.
0: It's called a bumper sticker. It comes pre-recorded uh, with the uh, MP3 player inside, with all of our podcasts in it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Listen, I guarantee you that if we, if our listeners, buy some, they'll uh, preload the MP3 into the uh, audio player. Hey,
1: listen, uh, if you're uh, if you're one of our guys and you end up buying one of these, just let them know the Truck Show podcast sent you so that we get our uh, massive commission checks uh, from these guys. Of 0.00. Uh, point zero. zero. Yeah, zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. Congratulations on the success. And uh, I have a feeling we'll be talking to you again in the future because uh, you sound like you have some uh, more cool stuff on the horizon.
4: Yeah, we're we're stoked to release it and we'll let you guys know when that time comes. We'll we'll be sure to hit you up and and talk about what cool things are coming next. All right. All right. Sounds Thank good. Guys. Thanks guys. Bye bye. See you.
0: Sound like a couple of cool dudes I'd like to hang out with. Uh I wonder if you could borrow a trailer. Oh, you don't have a truck to tow it with. I do. Maybe mm. I'll borrow the
1: trailer and yeah. I'll tell
0: you about how awesome my uh, camping experience You should is. do that, yeah. I almost had a truck. Remember those remember that time when I had a 66 Chevy (laughs) truck. We we talking about that? I mean, we we should. Nah. Here, here's why we should.
1: Because Because we shouldn't. uh, You remember? Remember? Touch on a hold on. on. Remember how you lied and told people that on the uh, on the video series that uh, how the truck came into possession and didn't tell
0: the real story? No, I did tell. You did not see that episode. I did tell. I explained how I got it. I said that hey. I paid a I paid a dollar for this truck on the Truck Show podcast. I talked to Eric in <laughs> on video and explained it. Did you say that Sean gave you the dollar? Uh, no, I don't think that I went into that detail. We did have to edit for time. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Karma's a karma's a bitch, ain't eh? it? Well, so that's why I'm telling the story because guys really like want to, to say to? that. I don't think, you I think need we to. should. No, I think we should. Is this so? Is the Truck Show podcast our circle of trust? I think so. Is our truth bubble? So so what happens, guys, is that uh, you bust me and you said, hey, you know, what, mm-hmm. Holman's had a truck at Banks for. Years, literally going like, on five years, almost five years. Uh huh. And there was some work done to it originally, and a uh, b- bunch of work was done actually. And then it all stopped, and, and it, it did. It stopped before I got there, mm-hmm. but then when I got there, um, priorities changed, and I didn't. I didn't push it along. I said, you know what? It's not part of our priorities. So I didn't. I, I wasn't the guy that stopped it, but I didn't help it along either at all, at all. And then, and, I, and in fact, and then so you I did, came up with other things to do instead of it. Uh, not right away. That's not true. Not right away. The truck happened much, much later. No, no, no. Years just other away.
1: projects. You had other priorities. I did. You... I did. I was trying
0: like, to. I was trying to make the brand this super our, special. If yeah. this is
1: our bubble of trust, yeah. then let's get yeah. it out there. All right. So,
0: uh, one of our buddies, our mutual friend Sean, calls in. He says, "Lighting, I got a truck. I want to sell it to you." Uh, you need a truck because you don't have one. You can't do a podcast without being a truck owner. And I tried to explain it away by saying, you know, I'm always borrowing trucks from work, right? I have, I have, a, like right now, right now, I'm driving a 2020 Ram 3500 HO. It's badass. Okay. So, and that happens a lot. So I figured, well, I don't really need to own one right now. He says, no, you do. So he, he says, I got a, I, I have a You 66. need to own one versus borrowing one. That's from work. exactly right. right. Yeah. For credibility's sake, you, you can't. You can't co-host the Truck Show podcast without owning one. And right. I said, "Okay, well, what are you suggesting?" And this, he of says, course, is
1: after you had the opportunity to buy one in the bottom Mercedes.
0: Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, I, I'm yeah just I did it, that. I did just that. Making sure that it was tough because we have I've, new listeners who aren't fully up to speed on this. That's, that's fine. You can continue just safe. throw me under the bus. No, no, no that's I'm fine. not. I'm just level setting the history of this. Okay, that's all. all right. All right, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, I did have that. I had since I was in my twenties. I had my heart set on. This particular Mercedes, and I, I found one in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm like, I got to have it and I bought it? It was simple as that. And yes, it pushed the the dream of having a truck further down the down the road. So then Sean, our buddy Sean, calls yep, in and, yep. and does the thing. Says, I got a '66 Chevy, and you yep. want it, it, it? I'll give it to you for a dollar. So then this Sean Holman right. oh, yeah. slaps his dollar on the on the table right here and buys it for me, and I am now the proud owner of a '66. And we had to get a register, it registered; as a big pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. We did it. Yay, and then I us. go to I take it to Banks, and I was just going to do a mild build. I didn't really know what we we're going to do, and we decided And then you got greedy. I don't know that I got greedy, but it, it became an opportunity mm. to to push forward the dream of having a crate engine program at Banks that it had been talked no, about I'm for not many saying, many I'm years. I'm not
1: saying that part of it's not legitimate.
0: Right, that part so, so of so it then, is. So then it like, oh my gosh, this would be the perfect vehicle to do it. It's pre emissions. These engines will be also uh, sans emissions for it was just it it made sense to do it. And then it snowballed and turned into a a video series and all this stuff in a, you know, in a roadster shop chassis and just state of the art everything. And it just and all of our partners said, yes, we'll be part of it. And it just became something really big, so big that uh, this last week I turned over the pink slip to the company. So I no longer own said <clears> '66 <throat> Chevy C20. It's now the property of uh, Gale Banks Engineering. So I had a truck yeah. for a minute, and now I don't. Well, but so, well, that's uh, so sort of depressing. News comes in three, apparently, on this show. I feel like there, because here's the thing. Can I know, just
1: can I just point out oh, that? Hold you, on, no, 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 no. Wait. You you walked in here. I, I have to get this out because it's timely. You walked in here last time we were recorded, and you said. Well, I got some news you'll probably be happy about. All like, um, like just uppity and you know because
0: belligerent. Y- you know, because I was for, sometimes when you're you're for you're, the okay. record, I was not happy about this. news. Yeah. So our listeners have been some, not all, many listeners. You guys have been busting me, saying, "Hey, it's karma. You 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 squashed Holman's 67 F100, and then you put yours first. Well, I'm here to say karma is a bitch because I don't got a truck. Now, the truck project is still going along. Like it is full throttle and it is going to be, I'm very, very proud of the project and we're taking it to SEMA. It's going to debut in the Amsoil booth and it's going to be, the truck is powered by a supercharged seven liter Duramax. And cool. and it's going to be, be awesome. Awesome for whoever owns that. It is going to be awesome for the the company that owns that. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. So all you people that said, "Hey, Lightning Karma's a bitch," you win. You got it. So I'm doing the same thing to you that I did to Holman. Like it, it happened. So it didn't. I didn't intend for it to be that way. It spiraled out of my control very quickly in it, only a matter it, of months. I my whole thing was you should have just done a you know, mild build and a kept, mild kept build it myself and, yeah. and enjoyed it. But you had to do the full on SEMA build, which you're known for. Yeah. And I really enjoy it, and you know what? I enjoy it so much that I guess I was willing to give up the truck in order to see the bill through. Because even if it's sitting there, whoever so whoever now owns this the is paint. about
1: you being a martyr because you love it so much.
0: Uh, maybe if it's yours, set it free.
1: If it comes back to maybe. you, keep it. Is maybe that what we're doing maybe, here?
0: maybe so. <laughs> I mean, look, dude, I, I, I don't know what to do. Let's just uh, it is what it is. Yeah, uh, I hate that phrase. I mean,
1: it sucks. I I for the record, I'm not. I wasn't. I'm not okay with it. I don't. Yeah. I think it sucks. Um, yeah. and for people who come back and go karma or whatever, like, I mean, there's a little bit of irony in it and there's a little bit of a snicker where it's a little bit funny. Of course. But I don't, I'm not reveling in your misery right Yeah. Now, well, listen,
0: and, and you listeners that are, nope, I totally get it. I, I totally get it. And I might be thinking the same thing as you, if you were, if I were a listener. But, uh, so now I've, I've got to figure out what the, what the actual truck, the lightning truck project will be. You know what I mean? You did. You were very gracious. You gave me the discount coupon for Ford. And no, no, uh, no, no, no. Hold on, hold
1: on. Wait, what? I did not give you a coupon. I did not take it out of the magical journalist coupon <laughs> book and then hand you. I had to make some phone calls and get some information because it had to be put into your name. Yes. And I got you. Yeah, it's an got my, it's got my
0: social security number right. right on the form. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I didn't mean to downplay it. I Jeez, wasn't. No, I, thanks well, for the coupon. Well, okay. Free coffee
1: if you buy a new. Here's Ford. why I
0: said that. I didn't want to like. I didn't want to explain. Say that you were super hooking me up, and you was supposed to be secret. No, it's not secret. Okay, well, take he, care of my friends. He so, so like, in here got me the, here, a
1: deal. Once again, I have no animosity. I'm not happy. I'm not dancing on your truck's grave. I'm like, we'll go get a new truck.
0: Here yeah, you go. well, that's 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 what I'm I'm planning to do. Are you? I, I, yeah, I am. I just don't. Yeah, <laughs> <I> don't. <laughs> this sounds
1: awfully noncommittal to me. <sighs> Let's get into some news, because okay. I feel like we need to change the tempo of this
0: thing. What's new, in we need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks?
1: Oh! Uh, uh! uh, yeah, well. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. <laughs> it's, not, it's
0: not great. Mm-hmm. It's- Former vintage truck owner. It's, Lightning,
1: it's <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: it's not great. Mm. Oh. I am celebrating my uh, lukewarm Dr Pepper right now. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? Ah! No, <laughs> <laughs> it seems awfully <laughs> screamy for it. I know.
1: Toyota Tundra, did you see that? Some dealer uh, outed them with a picture from a presentation. Of it uncamouflaged?
0: No, I did not. But did you see all the renderings that have popped out in the last? Well, well hold on. Before we days? get there, hold yeah. on.
1: That's because Toyota on their social put out a post that said somebody can't keep a secret and revealed the whole truck. And then everybody went to town lifting, lifting it, lowering it, photoshopping all that stuff. But it's they didn't white. Yeah, it's like where the the one that was revealed was like this fiery burnt orange color, mm-hmm. like a hero color. It just didn't white. Doesn't look good in white. It sort of looks
0: like um. A mix between a Silverado and a Toyota. The same kind of thing happened with the Explorer Sport, right? Where it wasn't the best color. It wasn't the best, uh, you know, look for the for the company and the new product. And it just, it's too bad that the really bitching photo can't get leaked. Now, remember when they were debuting, this is a couple Super Bowls ago, and they debuted the um, the new Hummer. And they thought, oh, let's take a photo of the front end of the Hummer. And then let's darken it up, right? So you right. can't really see it. And then everybody just. And then everyone went, it. They went into Photoshop yeah. and just boosted, boosted the exposure and uh, you can see the whole damn thing. Automotive companies <laughs> understand
1: that the internet is a better Photoshopper and Unphotoshopper than you are. Right. We just right, understand that. Right. Um, I don't know. It's it's definitely tougher looking. It's got a big grill, it's got an actual light bar in the grill. Uh, the flares and bumper have sort of a uh, camo pattern on them. Uh, but in, in the black plastic, it's not colored or anything like that. It's just sort of a, like a splotchy camo pattern. Um, they continue to tease. They teased us with the engine we talked about in the last episode. They've teased us with uh, top of the interior with a big old screen sticking out of the dash. They seem to think it's going to be uh, a
0: game changer, and it
1: might be. Um, but looks-wise, it's just okay. It looks like it's
0: under-tired. It, just, it, it does look like they have, what, like 31s on it or something? I mean,
1: they're probably like maximum 33s when every, on a TRD Pro. Uh, and when everybody else is, you know, Raptor and Ram, they've moved up to 35. So it just feels like they're a step behind there. And it doesn't look, I mean, it's kind of low to the
0: ground, and it just visually very heavy. Yeah. I, I've been, been spending some time lately at work with guys with gladiators, uh-huh. and they're running 42s now. Yeah. And it just, when you, then you see this new Toyota, yeah. it just looks weenie by comparison. Yeah, you know? well,
1: I mean, it's it's not
0: bad. No, it's not just... the truck. is It's just the whole, it would be so easy for them to have made it look more macho.
1: No, I think it looks plenty macho. It just doesn't have enough, the, the stance is wrong. It needs more tire. It's a very big truck. It's very visually heavy. It's very angular. Um, giant, massive grill that if you see it, I like, like the grill. The grill looks good. Yeah, the grill is like two thirds of the height of the truck in the front. Like it's just now it's you crazy. think
0: it was like a turbo diesel. That's why you know, they don't have a giant intercooler in there. So
1: well, there's been rumors about maybe a diesel, but they do have giant intercoolers in there because it's going to use the three point five. Oh, that's right, the turbo tw- twin turbo V yeah, six. So allegedly,
0: have, that would explain why so it the needs the airflow. The grill got bigger. Yeah.
1: Anyway. Uh, it's out there, you know, mm-hmm. I
0: mean, do we post it on the truck show page? um I yeah, so i on uh, at truck show podcast on Instagram, I posted, I said, hey, what do you guys think of this and it was I think it was a lowered one that I put up, okay, yeah, wow.
1: so head over there, check it out see uh see what you think about it i I'm not sold, I mean, but a lot of, there's a lot of vehicles out there that definitely uh when you see them in person, look way better.
0: I love how there is a uh, a group of Artists that now race yeah, to, to render anything. when a new vehicle is out anything oh my god it's within so, within twelve hours for example
1: did you hear that Ford went back and uh, re trademarked the Splash name by the way I owned a ninety four Ranger Splash did you really and so people were rendering like purple Mavericks with the Splash logo on the side make it you know look all kind of retro on that thing and so maybe we'll see a Maverick Splash I don't know yeah. Here's
0: the one that I posted, Holman, right here.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, a bo- uh, body dropped. It looks good. It needs big wheels, though. Yeah, and that's an off-roady face. It needs more of a street face on it. I think looks kind of weird. I don't know. I like it. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? Nah, no. no, I didn't. Uh, the 2023 GMC Canyon AT4 is uh, looks to be uh, fairly close to a GMC version of the ZR2. Uh, definitely has, uh, but more, more expensive, more aggressive tires and, uh, but. Suspension and stuff looks like it could be based on the ZR2. So for those of you who like the upscaleness of uh, GMC and you want to uh, have a a better off-road vehicle, uh, or the same at least as your Chevy uh, brethren, it uh, looks like GMC is going to hop into the game and, and make AT4
0: mean a little bit more on the uh, on the canyon in 2023. Okay. Yeah. I, I know that there are a lot of GMC fans, so that'll be good. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? I mean, no. No. No, I didn't. Uh, there's rumors out there that the Jeep Grand Cherokee
1: might be getting a new engine to replace the uh, 3.6-liter Pentastar, which is in everything. Uh, The codename is Tornado, and people are talking about, which I'm very excited about, it being a 3-liter inline-six. Hmm. Which, obviously, perfectly balanced engine, really good torque. I love inline-sixes. I'm pretty stoked. And no turbo? Uh, Don't know. Don't know. Mm. That would make a huge difference. I'm guessing it is. My guess would be it is turbocharged. Um, But if you guys think about it, why did four cylinders and V8s? What's the interplay, I guess I should say, between four cylinders, V8s, and V6s? So if you think about it, when V8s ruled the roost, all the Germans went away from straight sixes and went to V6s. Why? Because they could be part of the same engine family, chop off a row of cylinders on one end, and now you have a V6. Well, now that four-cylinders and turbocharged small displacement engines are in play, it's a lot easier to take your four-cylinder family, add two cylinders, and now you have an inline-six, which is wow. why some of the Germans are going back to inline-sixes. So I'm not surprised. Inline-sixes obviously require more engine uh, you know, length packaging under the hood. But from a styling standpoint, a lot of vehicles these days, people like that rear-drive long hood, and that type of style is in vogue. And you'll see even a lot of electric vehicles that don't require any hood at all all have that long rear wheel, dr- long nose, rear wheel drive profile where everything's set back. So, because the styling's in vogue and because four cylinder turbos are in vogue, it's more cost effective for them to add two cylinders and make a straight six again. So, mm. it's, we are at the cusp of you know potentially
0: seeing a uh, a straight six resurgence, which I would I think would be awesome. What cost wise, I, 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 to manufacture a straight six versus a V six? I would imagine it's less money, right? Uh, it's one piece of material versus a V, so you've got- No, oh, you have one cylinder c- head instead one of cylinder- two cylinder, yeah, cylinder heads, so I, things
1: I, like I... that. You have one exhaust manifold mm-hmm. instead of two. Uh, I've got to think it would be a little more economical. I mean, you would think. Uh, I'm sure there's some business decisions behind it, but again, you have to get you have to offset it with crash and safety, and you've got to you know, need a crumple zone in front of this big, long, giant engine and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Okay. Hey, Lightning, did you hear-
0: no! No! No,
1: I didn't. That one also seemed extreme for the, uh, for the <laughs> It's news. my
0: mood on this show, sorry.
1: Apparently. Yeah. Uh, Ford Bronco production uh, might be sold out for years. Wait,
0: wait, wait. wait, Ford uh, Bronco fans are already depressed. Uh, if they you, can't get one.
1: Yeah, if you've uh, got one on order, you might be waiting a while. Ford CEO Jim Farley uh, said recently
0: that they uh, had 190,000 reservations for Bronco. Oh, holy Crap! Which is a lot. How does that compare to like uh, the Cybertruck? Uh,
1: well, Tesla says they have a million, but I don't believe anything Tesla says. So gotcha. who, who knows? Okay. Uh, you know, Jeep Wrangler probably worldwide they I don't know sell over three hundred thousand. I can't. I don't know what the number is. I think U.S. is like two thirty to a year or something like that. So okay. that's a one ninety for a vehicle that's not produced yet is a is a hell of a hell of a deal. So Holman, the delay is in addition to the hard top, soft top problem. Uh, yeah, so the hardtop uh, supply issue is uh, still out there, so I'm sure that'll have something to do with it. Oof. If you haven't converted your order to a soft top, you uh, you might be waiting a while. Other news that came out of uh, Farley's interview was uh, within 48 hours of revealing the F-150 Lightning, they had 44,000 pre-orders, and to date, Dang. he says oh, they God. have... <laughs> hold on,
0: hold on, wait a second. I meant to play this for, for everyone here. That's what I meant. <laughs>
1: doesn't go on sale until May of 22, already has 100,000 reservations to date. And 10,000 of those, are 10% so far is for the work truck version, which is kind of crazy. What? And then they also said the little Ford Maverick, they said they had 40,000 reservations for the Maverick a week after it was revealed. All right, well, that's more than Honda Ridgeline sells a year. On oh Ridgeline God. sells like high twenties, low thirty thousands a year in units. What do you What do you chalk that up to? Price that starting price of nineteen ninety five for a usable little pickup truck. Gotcha. Now this does violate the rules. Before you guys get mad at me, it's not you know it's a unibody all that. But for somebody to come into the unibody pickup space and just shame the only player that's been sitting there for de- <laughs> you know like fifteen years or something yeah. like that is is pretty wild.
0: I like your use of the word shame because that is what's happening. Yeah,
1: I mean, hmm. I mean once again, Ford uh, Ford. Seems to know trucks and does trucks, and people trust them when they put out a truck. I just wonder how many people are going to modify it. Hey, Lighting, did you v- hear? Very few. Hey, lighting, did you hear?
0: Very few. No. No, I did
1: not. Uh, in response to the Bronco Sasquatch package, Jeep has already uh, volleyed back while uh, introducing the Extreme Recon package, which will put 35-inch tires on a 392
0: or a Rubicon. And what do they choose? What kind of 35s are they throwing on this thing?
1: Uh, looks like uh, BFG uh, KO2s for the all-terrains.
0: Is everyone running BFG KO2s they're right great. now? They're great. They're still
1: one of my favorite tires how of all time. Great uh, seriously, how
0: many trucks and Jeeps are running BFG KO2s? Mm,
1: millions. That's, that's bonkers. So they're going to put LT315
0: 17s. Is anyone running Toyos as a yes. stock? They are.
1: Huh. Uh, as a stock, Toyo yeah. has been on some Ram product stock.
0: Okay. Uh, Nitto has been on some Toyota
1: product stock. Falcon is on some Jeep products. So, yeah, there's a, there's a mix of stuff. Goodyear okay. is another off-road one. I just
0: keep hearing KO2, They're, KO2 it's a, on everything. A, it's a still a great tire. Okay. I'm telling you. All
1: right. All right, so uh, the 35 Extreme Recon package will be uh, available only on gas, four-door Wrangler Unlimited Rubicons, and 392s. Um, so, two-door guys and diesel guys, you're out of luck for now. But the new offering uh, will include changes to gearing and suspension, and uh, the Wrangler gets improvements in fording depth.
0: Crawl ratio and clearances. What's kind of cool about it is you- uh, So the 40, you can now go completely underwater yes. all the way past the-, the yes. uh the you drive to Hawaii. Okay. okay.
1: Yes, <laughs> with, a, with a snorkel. Uh, the package is said to cost uh, 39 dollars but with that, you get uh, a lift, you get the Dana m you get 110 mile per hour vehicle max speed calibration-
0: so really? that's kind of cool. Right? That is uh, unusual in today's age, where everyone's being capped at ninety eight or ninety
1: nine. Uh, wheel flare extensions, Mopar tire relocation kit for the tailgate to uh, hold that extra weight of uh, of the heavier tire. You get the um, anti lock four wheel disc performance brakes, which are the HD upgrade brakes. You get 17 by 8 beadlock capable wheels, so now you don't even have, you can still do 37s, and you can keep your wheels.
0: Now wait a minute, you, when you say beadlock capable wheels, they're either beadlocks or they're not. No, they're beadlock
1: capable. You can swap out the sacrificial ring on the outside for a ring you buy from Mopar oh. and turn them into uh, beadlocks. That's Rap- that's cool. Raptor and TRX also have a similar setup. Oh, that's right.
0: When we talked to the Raptor uh, designer,
1: you get a Mopar jack spacer kit for the the in, you know increased height, and your gross vehicle weight rating jumps up to 6,100 pounds. All of them, except the manual, get 456 gears. This is the first time that you could get a factory 456. If you order a manual, you get 488s. The significance of that is you're saving $1,500, 2000 on a re-gear because you can get it already from the factory. So even if you're going up to, um, in my JL, I've got 488s, manual, and 37s. So this would be the package to buy because you get wheels, even if you toss the tires, you get wheels, and you get the gearing in both axles, and you get the heavy-duty brakes. That right there... Is, is worth the upgrade, I think. Hmm. All right, so uh, 392s have their own frame, so they get keep the same uh, frame geometry but lose the Fox shocks for a off-label or non-badged silver shock with the 392 logos on them.
0: What are they? Do we know, by any chance? Uh,
1: probably Tenneco, which is, I believe, what comes on the, uh, the Rubicon. Rubicon JLs uh, get better uh, geometry in the rear, uh, I'm not sure how they're doing it, but they're using the existing JL mounting points since it is a different frame than the 392. They optimize it. They also get a different sway bar in the back. Uh, and they why,
0: get a, I'm sorry to interrupt. Why are they going with this Teneco on the 392? Because wouldn't that be the premium truck?
1: Well, it's still monotube shock. The, the Fox ones don't have a reservoir or anything like that. Okay. And Teneco already makes a great monotube shock for the OE world. I'm sure they didn't have time after deciding to go to 35s to have a tuning session with Fox for this year. So I would gotcha. imagine there's probably some other shock upgrades down the line. But for, and they figure most people are going to probably yank the shocks off and put something else on there anyway. Um, <laughs> Sacrificial shocks. The, uh, the Rubicon models will get longer versions of their existing red unbranded monotube shocks, which again, I believe are Tenecos. Here's the numbers. These changes give the extreme recon package suspension 1.8 inch advantage over the Wrangler Sport, 1.4 inches over the Sahara, and an extra inch over the standard Rubicon. This is all before you add the additional height from the tires. This means that you can get a Rubicon JL on 35s will now be the same height as the th- uh, 392 in terms of suspension. So, previous to now, the 392 was the highest. The other cool thing is because you're going with the 488, if you choose manual with the 4-to-1 transfer case, the 513 first gear, 488 final drive, 100-to-1 crawl ratio, which is <laughs> the same I have on mine. Same yeah. setup. I know, but
0: that, that oh my God. They they were watching That's me. That's crazy. Jeep was watching me, and they're like, let's build Sean's Jeep for other people. No, I'm not. Do you think, let's be honest. Uh-huh. You know the brass there. Uh-huh. Do you think that you were any inspiration to them? Sure. No, really, though. I think Bronco was more, but I've been asking
1: for this package for literally a decade. So, nice to see the competition
0: is good for all of us. God. Uh, they, they need to put... Uh, um, Something Holman on that truck. Yeah, they're not.
1: Uh, these changes improve ground clearance from 10.8 to 12.9.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Over a ruler. You could stand a ruler up on end and drive over it in the, uh, in the Extreme Recon 12.9 package.
0: 12.9 inches. Yeah. Huh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Is pretty cool.
1: So right now, a, uh, a Rubicon is a 43.9 approach, 37 departure, and 22.6 breakover angle. This package moves that to 47.4, 40, and 26.7. Water fording improves to 33.6 inches, and that now takes the best in class numbers away from Bronco and gives it to Wrangler. Bronco is at 11.5 inches of ground clearance, 43.2, 37.0, 26.3 in angles, and water fording of 33.5 inches. So Jeep is playing. The game of Ford by having a tenth of an inch and going, right. oh, we're best in class. <laughs> so that's that's hilarious. Now, if
0: you're at Ford, that's got to just piss
1: well, you that's off. But that's what they do. I Ford know. does that to everybody. That's yeah, no, true, true. I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit funny. Uh, so what about Gladiator? As for now, the Extreme Recon package is exclusive to the 392 and Ford or Rubicon. Uh, and, uh, but I, I would say there's going to be pretty big demand for this package. So my guess is going to be that this package will be available on other Jeeps down the line. My only thing and if you go to my uh, article on fourwheeler.com and read about it, I think they missed uh missed the boat, missed opportunity with the naming of it. I think extreme recon packages kind of like
0: yeah. yeah, extreme
1: yeah. after 1996 yeah. with an X no like is it going to have a you know tear graphic down the side and oh, like just God. it's not it's not the best name and
0: it's we, there hasn't been enough time I for have a better extreme. name what's that I have a better name are you ready do I get the Tiffany oh yeah yeah hold on here we go
1: here we go as long as you're going to poke the blue oval yeah and trade volleys the big spurs package The big spurs pattern. Because what does a Wrangler do to a Bronco? You put your big spurs on and you break that that horse down into uh, being a horse you can ride. Interesting. So why, you know, I, I feel like...
2: Jeep could have a little twist of the dagger in there, it would have been
0: yeah. funny. I think. Oh yeah.
1: Because the consumers love that stuff. Because this is gonna be Ford versus Jeep, right? Yeah, like it this, is. this is gonna be a fun back and forth. And yeah, I,
0: I mean it's the the T Rex eating the raptor. It's not you a T Rex.
1: No, it's a dude
0: T R X. You understand how many people call it the T Rex? Because Johnny's a liar and doesn't know any better.
1: Yeah, I get it. T R X. Jo- Johnny? Lieberman. He's the one that started it, say calling it a T Rex.
0: Oh, he did? Yes. Oh. It's not a T Rex. TRX. I I th- I don't think that uh, he is the one responsible for calling it a T-Rex. People just—he actually base. is the one responsible. He was the
1: first one to write it, put it in social, and do a video calling it a T-Rex. Oh, literally hmm. his fault.
0: Well, but but look, let's—they've used that iconography on the floor mats. I get right? it. So I get it. You're but right. It is a T-R-X. It's right. a TRX. Huh. Damn it, Johnny.
1: All right. So uh, I think that probably covers it for news. Although I will tell you one <laughs> more.
0: There must be more.
1: One funny story. Um, so Jeep reached out and said, Hey, we'd like to give you a piece of uh, Gorilla Glass for your windshield. Heard you talk about it on the podcast and saw it online. And if you want to review it, we'll send you one. I was like, Yeah, this, this, I would love to. They don't make one for forward collision warning until July. So I'm like, Oh,
0: wait, 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 stop, stop. They don't make one for forward collision warning,
1: which my Jeep has. So is, I have to wait. It, I have is to that
0: wait. is that the little the camera up in, in the top. front of yep. the rear view yes. camera? Yep.
1: Oh. so I have to wait a little bit longer for my uh, Gorilla Glass windshield.
0: What is? Do you have any idea what is in the Gorilla Glass? Meaning, what t- is it that uh, that black banding material that goes no, through no, it? No, you no, know no that, it's like a completely different piece of glass. No, 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 no. I do understand that. What I'm saying is. What's different about the the way it it, it mounts or no no, no. To it's just the, it's
1: just the I'm assuming it's just the dot matrix pattern that's what I meant the yeah. dot matrix they made pattern it, I'm yes. sure they made it for the highest common denominator which okay. is the vehicles that don't have it that's what and I then, meant by
0: the black stuff that yeah, yeah. that's what I was talking no, about I'm, just, yeah.
1: I'm sure it's just a uh, whatever they're you know
0: is there a an antenna or anything else in your front windshield is there any other are there, no. there any like front defrost or something no. wacky okay. No. So it's just that Ford collision. Yep. Okay.
1: So anyway, they uh, for those of you who have been looking uh, forward to uh, my review of it or have a Wrangler or a Gladiator and want to know if it's worth it or want to add it to yours, I believe it's available in dealerships now or those of you with uh, FCW will be able to uh, purchase it later this summer.
0: Gorilla Glass coming at you. Hey, are you cool with a, uh, doing a truck review?
1: Uh, let's talk about Bronco. Truck
0: review. <laughs> yeah. Dragon Truck nuts. Uh. <laughs> Wait, why was that an uh? Oh, oh wait a minute. We, we don't, don't do it on, it on this one. Go, one. Oh, that's, that's why you caught me off guard. Oh, right. let's do it again. Okay. Truck Review. <laughs> yeah. Roll the golden Dragon Truck Nuts. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. All right. Give me some mother effing Bronco.
1: All right. So uh, as I said before, I was the first guy to uh, to drive it. Um, as you are listening to the show right now, it is the day uh, embargo lifts, or uh, if you've listened after the uh, day this posts. You'll be able to head over to 4 and read my story and uh, what I thought about it, but I'll, uh, I'll figure I'd give you guys the skinny here uh, first. Neither you
0: or, or I can give the skinny because we don't fit into that category. Uh, I gave the skinny for a long time. <laughs> did and you? I gave it up. <laughs> um, so in full disclosure, I don't. we haven't really been able to
1: talk about this on the show. I haven't been able to tell people about this. Uh, I did work with Ford on the Bronco program for about the last five years. So if it sucks, it's really partially my fault. Are you going but to explain? it doesn't suck, so you I- wait, it,
0: it doesn't suck, but hold on a second. Yep. Explain your contribution.
1: Uh, without going into too much detail- Why can't
0: you go into detail? Because it's, there are documents. So, so you have an NDA? Yes. Okay. Non-disclosure agreement. All right. And you signed this how many years ago? Uh, four and a half. Four and a half years ago. Yeah. Before we started the show- Yes. You were- Can I say consulting? I sort of, I guess. Okay. I was part of. A contributor? I was part of a Skunk Works
1: panel assembled of industry experts to help guide the path of it to make sure it came out right. Okay. That makes sense?
0: Leave it at that? When you say came out right.
1: Let's leave it at that and get into the review, Lightning. I, you're, I no, don't know. Why do you is, pry? I, I give you a little
0: nugget so that you have context, and then you are like- You give like, me a little- You give me one hit, and I want yeah, the whole no, crack, you can't have no. The crack no, bite. no. so can't uh, No. this is interesting, because you guys don't know this. Off air, he won't tell me anything more either, because right. he doesn't trust me with the news. Also right. So now that the vehicle is out- There are
1: things sitting in the vehicle, looking at the vehicle, that I can honestly say the group I was a part of or myself contributed to these things.
0: 100%. Will you ever be able to tell us what those things are? Or is that forever? I don't know. If I can, I will. If I can I won't. Are you gonna ask uh, Ford? Well, can if you we can get share? into this review? But it's, I'm already telling you probably too much. Let's not linger here. Listen to me. No,
1: you know, I'm done listening me, to you. Me,
0: me, along with all of the audience, everyone listening, you guys wanna know what did Holman, the guy you're listening to as co host of the, how of the podcast, about, contribute. How about I just tell you about the damn Bronco? I, I know you're gonna to get to that, but right now this is an eight hour
1: show. <sighs> all right. So, Ford Bronco. Yes. So I flew out to Austin, picked it up. They offered me my choice of Broncos. I selected in Area 51 was the color, Badlands Sasquatch Edition 2.7 V6. What's the color? I mean, what is it Area like? 51. It's what like, it's, what does, it's does that mean? It's like a bluish gray color. Okay. And I got the two-door uh, with the hard top, and I proceeded to put 509 miles on it in two days. Okay. Drove the crap out of it. Put three tanks of gas in it.
0: I did see you at a... You weren't at a Whataburger.
1: Where did you go? I was at a Whataburger. Oh, you were? Okay. So for those of you who... Uh, the Whataburger thing continues. I went there. I was the first person in the world to take a new Bronco through Whataburger. I took a picture to memorialize it. I said, damn it, for all of our Texas fans out there, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through Whataburger. I'm here. And it was as dog s as ever. <laughs> it's horrible. Whataburger's awful. It doesn't. And so I posted on my Instagram. A lot of you follow me at Sean P. Holman. And we had this entire back and forth discussion about what the top 10 are. I Actually start with the top five, which I had Whataburger at like four. Whataburger's like nine now because you guys reminded me of all these other great hamburgers out there. It's yeah. it's
0: awful. Weak sauce. It's I've eaten ho- there
1: three times It now. rates barely above White Castle, people. It's horrible. But Culver's Culver's, Culver's that's the dark horse right yeah, there. Strong. So good.
0: Where where is Culver's in your top five? Uh they're oh, like two or three. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. They're high. Okay, oh, they're good. they're way up there. So In and Out is still number one or In and Out, number one. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, but I was in the land of Dr. Pepper and
1: Barbecue, I, uh, so I went to Rudy's. I also took the Bronco to Rudy's Barbecue. I love Rudy's. And well, I, the one
0: time I, you took me there, I fell in love with
1: it. And everybody's like, oh, Rudy's is a chain. you go to real barbecue, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, here's the story behind Rudy's. When I was a nobody journalist flying to Texas heatwave for the first time, I found Rudy's. It was the first place I ever, I ever had Texas brisket, and I fell in love with it. You know that for me, brisket is my jam, and I make a mighty fine one. It all started at Rudy's. So I'm sorry. When I go to Texas, I realize it's a chain. The one thing I'll say about Rudy's is it's damn consistent. doesn't matter which one you go to, Texas or Arizona or wherever. It's always the same. Their sweet tea is always good. You always know the experience. I'm never disappointed. Is there better barbecue out there? Yes, of course, but not in a chain. I'll put Rudy's up against the chain against anybody, Dickie's, whoever. Rudy's is, is my chain jam for uh, for barbecue. I took <laughs> chain Bronco jam. <laughs> All right, so in continuing yeah. my tour of Texas food, you will uh, remember our friend Shag Arrington from Iron Resurrection? Yes. He uh, texted me and goes, dude, what did I tell you? When you're in Austin, hit me up. We got to go have some barbecue. So you did, so finally. We did. We okay. went to the Slab, which is awesome. Uh, slab's, well, I'll let you go to Slab's website and figure out what it stands for, but uh, it's pretty awesome. So uh, we went there, uh, had some good barbecue, and we went to downtown Austin, and crowds were assembling around the Bronco. Really? People were shouting from the sidewalk. People were taking pictures of us. People were cutting us off on the freeway. People were trying to pace us. We were outside standing there, and a gaggle of humans came up. I haven't had this much response to a new vehicle I've been driving since the H2 came out in, like, 05. I could be riding in my skivvies zebra back through Austin and would not have as many photos, honks, shout outs. What was funny is the dude who's with me is a television star in his hometown where the TV show is shot. Not one person recognized it was him, and he will, he will say this. Black Tacoma pulls up next to us and goes, I saw you had this on Instagram yesterday. Oh, my God. Because I posted on Instagram, apparently all these Bronco Instagram pages started sharing out my photos, and I got all these new followers, and nobody recognized Shag in the front seat. Hilarious. <laughs> so, Oh, uh, was, was he dejected, or he's no, cool? No, we were now? laughing. He's oh, like, okay. oh, you drop off the D-list celebrity, you got the A-list with you, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was funny. So, um, All right, so getting into the Bronco. Do I like it? Yes. Um, do I think it's like the absolute Jeep killer? Will it live up to the hype? I think it will. Oh. Will it be the absolute Jeep killer that everybody's expecting? Uh, It depends what your use case is. Is it better dynamically on the road than a Wrangler? Yes. Okay. Is it better stock for stock than Wrangler? Depends what you're going to do. I would say that's an arguable yes. Is it going to be better to modify than Wrangler? Hell no. If you're going to go up higher than a 38 inch tire, it's going to be really hard on a Bronco to do it right. And really? I don't. I, I, Why? It's IFS. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you're not doing that in your driveway. You could go put a lift kit on your driveway of a Jeep, put 40s on it, and be on your way. You're not going to be able to do that with the Bronco. You're going to either need uh, it to be you know, uh, drop bracketed. I know BDS has a kit that doesn't have drop brackets, but then you lose up travel, which I think isn't, you know, that's fine for the street, but that's not the way an off-roader should do it, right? Everyone's got to be working on a kit though, right? Absolutely. But you're still going to have drop brackets in the front. And that ruins some of the Ford magic because I'll tell you, the tuning of the chassis, especially on the Sasquatch models with the Bill Steins, is unbelievable. It's really good. The steering, very precise. Even in the two-door, driving at 80 miles an hour down the road, dead nuts straight. I have a wacky question about that. Steering
0: wheel too big, too small.
1: Uh, Steering wheel is fine. What I thought was too big was the twelve-inch screen. It overwhelms the entire dash. Really? Now it's cool because you can display CarPlay and another function at the same time. So So kind of like the RAM adds like a almost adds like a third screen in a sense. But it's 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 just too much for me. Like I just thought the screen was giant. You know, like I it could have a ten-inch screen. It would have been fine. I'm looking for real estate to put like. My Midland GMRS radio or my iPad mount.
0: Is it the same radio that they're putting in the Ford F-150 and the F-250, the the big 12-inch, right?
1: I don't know. if I haven't seen if it's the same part number or anything like that, but it's a 12-inch. Got it. A lot of times they scale them in different ways to fit the real estate that they have. Um, I just thought it was too much. I will say sitting in the driver's seat is pretty cool. Ford decided to go with longer doors on the two-door so you don't have a B-pillar next to your head and they're frameless windows, so Ford had a pretty ingenious idea of, Frameless window door, so when the window rolls down, you just have that door. That way they can stack four of them in the back of a four-door when you take the doors off. Oh, wow. And there's no mirror attached. There's no frame. However, not having a frame around the window gives you a ton of visibility out the front. It's actually really good. But the anchor point for the seatbelt doesn't move, and I found that it's too, mounted too high. It was is like it, digging into my is, neck is a Is it too
0: far back as well?
1: Uh, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Uh, And then the mirrors aren't mounted on the doors. Now, this is one of those problems that I don't know if anybody asked to be solved, but Ford solved it anyway. Ford's really proud of their mirrors that are always mounted to the vehicle at the cowl in front of the Mm A-pillar. They're huge, like way too big. And the passenger one from your seating position is too far forward because they're out in front of the A-pillar. Just the way they're mounted, because they're not mounted to the door.
0: So can you... Can you not use them to the full extent? No, no, no,
1: no, no, that's not the point. The point is that, okay, so when you take a Jeep door off, you have mirrors on it. Ford wanted to make the doors compact so you wouldn't have mirrors on the door. Also, you need to add a mirror when you take Jeep doors off to be legal on the highway. With Ford leaving their mirrors on, the mirrors stay on the vehicle all the time but some Wrangler owners especially in the pacific northwest the carolinas they don't want the mirrors because they're in really tight foresty type roads and things like that so ford's like well you can fold the mirrors in or you can take them off and it's like well yeah of course you can take them off but that's a whole other level of you know um, dedication no i just uh, n- another step right if you you know and there's wires in there and i don't know where the plug is and you know that kind of stuff Got so it. that that's kind of one of those things where it's like Great idea, sort of, but in practice, will people use it? Probably the average person rolling down PCH with the top off, but maybe not the hardcore wheeler. I don't know. The ride was great. Handling was good. It's about as loud as a Wrangler on the inside on the highway. Okay. Same road noise, How's same wind body noise. roll? It's fine. The Bill Steins, especially in the Sasquatch package with 35s, are tuned awesome. You didn't feel like it's you very, needed
0: to add a sway bar or anything? It's, it's got a sway bar. Oh, okay.
1: It's very taut, It's but compliant. It's not mushy at all. It doesn't feel like the Ranger to me feels mushy. Same platform, although this is the next generation of that platform. This feels very, like, Germanic, if you will. Like, it's just like that German car where it's very, like, firm but not uncomfortable because you still hit a pothole and it still soaks it up no problem. Right. To Ford's credit, they have the IFS flexing more than a Wrangler on articulation front and rear. So they say. Do you recall what the travel is by any chance? I believe it's over 10 front and rear. Okay. I think it's at 10, like, in the back might be 10 and a half or something like that. Still pretty good. Impressive, yeah. No, 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 it's good. Uh, But IFS is good in so many places. Uh, Ford's got the GOAT modes where it sets everything up for novice drivers. They've got a bunch of technology in it. One-touch pedal drive where it applies the brakes. So if you're, like, crawling up something, you don't have to worry about the pedal. As a driver who loves off-roading on my own, I hated it. It was too aggressive because it basically stops the vehicle when you lift off the Could you disable it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to use it. Oh, okay. Uh, But it's just one of those things where it's like, for novice wheeler, the Bronco has a lot of great tech. For uh, experienced wheeler, it has a lot of great tech, but you're
0: not going to use all of it. Do you, th- do you think that it will get people, novices, into trouble?
1: No. It's, it, I mean, well, you always risk that when you let them do more, but it also has stuff to get you out. Um, I really like the trail turn assist where you push a button and it breaks the inside rear tire so you can pivot on the rear tire to make a tight turn. Super awesome technology there. Also, where the Jeep has the hydraulic or the electric sway bar, the Bronco has a hydraulic sway bar, which means that it doesn't have to be um, – even if it's bound up, the hydraulic will release. Whereas the Jeep, you have to get back to flat ground for it to engage or disengage. And Bronco also has a lot um, smarter with their locker strategy. You can use the front locker without enabling the rear first, which there's a lot of places where that works as well. One place off-road where Bronco isn't as good as Jeep, I like having the e-brake handle because I like braking off of waterfalls and things like that. It's electronic brakes, uh, parking brake on the Bronco, so you aren't able to do that. Um, They do have trail speed control where it's like cruise control on the trail where you can set the trail and let the the vehicle do itself. Very compliant off-road, flexes really well, lockers work well, tech works well. They have this crazy camera system, which is where the 12-inch screen does come into play. There's a God view, there's a front wheel view, there's a front trail view, wow. and it stitches all this stuff together, and you can watch any view you want. So it basically, there's what they call the spotter camera, where it, it helps you spot from the driver's seat. So if you're out alone, you can see where the tires are on both sides and things like that, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, that is cool. The other thing I liked is uh super rad old school hood. It is a big ass flat expanse of metal that rises up on the fender lines like right. an old Bronco, and it just is rad. It's awesome to see it. Now- Front visibility is not as good as a Wrangler because the Wrangler drops away and the hood narrows. But they do have those trail sights on the corners which help can act as tie-downs, but they show exactly where the front is. And it was awesome pulling into like parking spots and stuff like that because you see exactly where the front is. Um, the other thing I liked about the Bronco is the two, I think the two-door is the best looking. I think the two-door looks great. Um, they did a really good job. And the front, like A-pillar forward, like the grill design, they nailed it. It's awesome. But... From my point of view, especially on the four door hardtop, it's sort of a hot mess toward the back.
0: Yeah, you've been talking about yeah. this for a while. The
1: rear looks derivative. It's pretty close to how Wrangler design is. And the side with all the seams coming together with the frameless windows that still have to have the weather stripping and like the the you know, the panel between the front and rear doors. It just looks like messy. It's nowhere near as nice and, and good looking as the two doors, in my opinion. Now with the roof off and the doors off, it looks awesome.
0: I wonder what the breakdown of uh, two door to four door orders was. Uh, we probably will never know. know. Yeah,
1: the one mm. I drove, the two door I drove, came out to uh, fifty six thousand. Oof. So and yeah. uh, or of course a uh, Bronco Raptor or Raptor, as we like to call it, is uh, coming due. Uh, you know, in a couple model years too, which is going to be you know even. Even further down the line. Let's so. talk
0: about powertrain for a second. How did you feel uh, in traffic? How did you feel awesome. off-road? I'll
1: tell you this because you'll appreciate this. So so there's two engines you can have. One is the 2.3-liter EcoBoost, which Ford actually upped the power numbers prior to Bronco production. So you probably heard before uh, it was uh, you know under, uh, I think it was like 290, 285, something. It's mm-hmm. now 300 with 325 torque. With a stick, you it's optional, manual, or automatic. By the
0: way, that's a lot of power off such a little engine. It really is. It is.
1: is. Uh, crawl ratio of that is 94.75. So Jeep sort of just trumped that. It was the best until Jeep did the Extreme Recon package. Now, the vehicle I had had the 2.7 in it, which is kind of weird because you have to, on Ford, they don't really give you the real price. They include the transmission like they do on the diesel trucks. Mm. You're forced into an automatic with the 2.7, but they charge you separately on a line item. It's, not like you can just get the engine and right. So, but that's 330 horsepower, 415 torque, which is more than oh enough. for the Bronco. Oh my gosh! Okay. Um. So it, plenty of power, hauls ass. Although it doesn't have a very exciting exhaust note or engine note, it just sounds like every other Ford EcoBoost that, that growly yeah. kind of sound. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you're used to a Ford interior, you'll notice the switch gear. If you're used to a Ford EcoBoost truck, you're gonna know exactly that sound. It's the exact same in the Bronco. But here's the thing that you will appreciate. That thing is begging for a pedal monster. Really? It's awful. So much lag. Really. Yeah, a lot of lag. It feels wooden. But you can go to sport mode, livens it up, but then it extends your transmission shifts. I want the normal transmission shift tuning schedule or uh, uh, transmission shifting schedule. And you want to get the power but band I earlier. Want, but I want the pedal to ha- be more responsive. Off-road, it was great. On the road, that those engines are so torquey. They rev so fast. They're turbocharged. And you just feel like you had to wait to get into it, and that was one of the only things that ruined the driving experience for me. Was I just thought that the pedal was too wooden and too dead from from the really? factory?
0: Really? So how much of the pedal, the first third, was just it's just
1: Un- unusable? No, it's not unusable. It's just wooden. Like it's just you push into it and you don't feel that immediate response. Now, if you hammer down, you're fine. But it's just that feathering of the throttle off the line. Like right. you ju- it just doesn't feel as lively as it should be.
0: Wow, I'm inspired. Okay, so that well, I'm I'm guessing they use the uh, The same pedal plug as the F-150, but we'll we'll soon find out.
1: I I would imagine, but what I'm telling you is- Where can
0: I get my hands on one to test? Yeah,
1: go go get one of those. Uh, They're not out yet, so Uh, you're going to have to wait.
0: they got to be around here somewhere. There's got to be one in Southern California somewhere. Uh, I will have one soon. How soon? Uh, One week, hopefully. A week from this show? Mm, Two weeks from this show. You're joking? No. Well, you let me know when you have it, and I'll be at your house. Mm, What do you mean no? Bring bourbon. Fine. Okay. Done. All right. Settled. Wow. Lots of Easter eggs all over it, which
1: you will appreciate. I won't tell you what they are, but there's also a funny, a couple little Ford things like uh, Goodyear Wrangler Territory Tires, no longer say Wrangler on the side, where the original one said Goodyear Wrangler, it says Goodyear Goodyear. So Ford clearly have them remove any reference to that name off of uh, the Bronco. Interesting. Which, which is funny. Yeah. Which is funny. You know, huh. that's, they, uh, they didn't pull any punches on that one. Now, when you say Easter eggs, things like uh, in the light fixtures, Just, there yeah, are- Things to find. Okay. There are absolutely things to find.
0: I would also okay, say- Wait, wait, yeah, wait. Okay. Can, are there right. any that you know about that you think people won't find because they're yes. really buried? yes. So like on the inside of the yes. transfer case, whatever. No, it's not on the inside of the transfer case. <laughs> but yes, there's stuff buried that you.
1: I'll give you one. I'll give you one fun one that oh. that's you can see pretty readily. On the tie down points in the rear, their logo for a tie down is a lasso. Oh, it's so like that's fun, cool. li- fun little things like that. Okay, which is, which is pretty cool. All right, um, I. F- I'll go through the things that I. Wasn't super stoked on. This is my list of sort of...
0: Now, like, are you allowed to do this with your NDA? I'm a journalist. <laughs> I, can do, I'm,
1: I can talk about this. Uh, I know. Um, all right. Let me talk about what they did do well. The go modes were good. The tech is awesome. The, uh, all the body panels are held on with, uh, with bolts. So if you bash a body panel, they can easily be unbolted. There's no like pinch welds and things that like that. That is awesome. Which is huge. Which also means you could bolt on other body kits like... Flared fenders or oh fiberglass fenders and things like that. God. So stand by for the aftermarket to figure that one out. They're
0: going to go bonkers if uh, they haven't done so already. They also did a
1: good job of making it so there are mounting points on the top of the windshield and in the hard top for a roof rack, so you don't have to drill through the roof to get to a mounting point on the on the cage, which I think is is awesome, brilliant. Okay, things I wasn't super stoked about uh, other the than pedal. the pedal, the things already. Well, yeah, so things I've mentioned already, the styling of the four door. The pedal, the fonts on the instrument panel, like they, Bronco has a font, very illegible and hard to read. I wasn't very stoked on it. I just wanted to get information. It was like too stylized. Was like, it
0: Bebes New? No, no,
1: it was uh, it was, uh, <laughs> was sans San Serif. It was, was it Verdana? <laughs> no, it, and okay. it had like, the tack is like stylized where it's a vertical bar instead of a sweeping needle. And it hmm. just, it just, like I get what they're doing with it. I just wasn't a fan. It just, it just was eh. Uh, brakes are a little bit grabby. I also noticed our tail the tailgate rattle on
0: certain like really high
1: frequency choppy bumps at speed, where I could hear the spare on the tailgate rattling,
0: which I was like, Ooh, okay, you got to fix that. Can you tell me about the brakes? The front brakes are they big giant Brembos? Are there no, anything no, 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 special no, no. about them I mean, or no? They're,
1: they're a big brake. It's it's a big brake. I think they're you know almost fourteen around fourteen inches. It's, okay, they're they're good. They're just a little bit grabby. The sliders, I think, need to stick out more so you can pivot because the body is pretty close to how far the sliders stick out. And when the sliders stick out more, it keeps rocks and stuff off the body too, although the Bronco has pretty good fender flare sticking out. And the biggest thing for me that is sort of interesting, uh, doors come off, but unlike Jeep, they're internal hinges. They don't have exposed hinges like Jeep does. On a Jeep door, you put it on, you pop it in the hinge, you put it together. I watched the Ford Rep struggle and myself struggle With the doors, locating the pin when you go to put the doors back in, Mm. because there's like a a locating pin that you drop it on, but it has to go through two pins. Now, the way they did it to take them off is brilliant. You unbolt the doors on these pins, and then there's one weather pack connector you just unplug, and a little door closes it off from the elements. Great. Super easy. Lift it off. You can slide their bag over it. The bag has handles, like canvas bag that's padded on the inside. You lift the handles on the bag, you take the whole door with you. Oh, that's awesome. But what sucks is putting them back on is so hard to find those locating pins that it's really easy to damage your door or scratch up the bottom as it's hitting the front fender.
0: This feels like a a, a door hanging in your house, like a bedroom it's, door. It's very similar right, to that. are trying to put, yeah. the, put yeah. the pin in, right? And that yeah. it's hard to line up the bottom Great end.
1: idea, but until somebody gets the feel of it, there's going to be a lot of paint-damaged doors. So if you are a Bronco guy who has one on order – Go get yourself some blue painter's tape, and before you play with the doors and try and remove them, tape up that lower leading edge. It's going to save you some major headaches down the line of scratching up your new vehicle. But this, the doors on the practice ones were pretty scratched up, and you would get the top pin and then only to realize the bottom pin wasn't in, which would cause the door to pivot into the front fender. Ouch. And so I just, that was one of those things where it's... Um,
0: so a styling guy won, and the the someone won the battle there. Well,
1: like, I wouldn't look at it that way. Uh, they wanted to have removable doors from the beginning, but they didn't want to have exposed hinges. I get that. Well, that's what I'm saying. The styling and styling guide well, but, but it's not. It's not that simple. The engineers came up with a brilliant idea of how to make the doors come off within the guidelines of how they wanted to style it. I don't think there was a war between. I think originally everybody said this is what we want. Here's we want a smooth body side. We want something that you know has this aesthetic, and the engineers came up with a brilliant plan. The only thing is that the tolerances between door panels are so tight on the Bronco because the manufacturing tolerances are so good now. You just have to be really careful not to bang up your doors when you put them back on. I gotta
0: think there's a way that they could have designed the hinge with a pin that was already pre-located somehow.
1: Well, I mean the hinges don't move, and there's a little tool that helps you guide in there. I think they did a good job. It's just more diff. It's it's still a 50 pound door, yeah, a 45 pound door. So it's just it's a lot for somebody. It's easier with a friend, kind of watching you and guiding it in. By yourself, you're going to scratch your door, most likely, at least until you do it a few times and you get the feel, because there's definitely a feel associated with it where you're like, "Pink, pink, all right, got it in, awesome. Gotcha. Uh, I will say also, uh, the interior of mine wasn't leather. It was marine-grade vinyl, but a really high-quality one, so resist UV, mold, um, stains, and it was done really tastefully. It didn't feel cheap at all, and the Bronco has, I believe it was... Six passive drains and four active ones in the floor. Holy! So Michael. they really wanted to make sure that you could get it wet inside
0: and it would hose it fun. out. Yeah. So they, they they took great pains and to make. The, on the, on, tell me about the dash. Does how does the dash feel to you? Because even so, in today's age, yeah. so many dashes are still plasticky yeah. and cheesy. So I, I
1: like my dash on my JL a little bit Your, better. It's yours yeah, is it's, one of my
0: favorite dashboards. It's
1: stitched. It's nice. Um, the Jeep has a really short dashboard and a vertical windshield. You're right up on the dash, which I like. The Bronco, because the windshield doesn't fold down, it's got curved glass. The dash is deeper because it's a longer wheelbase than the Wrangler two-door. They're able to sit you back a little bit farther. So it's good. But like I said, if you're used to driving Ford vehicles, you'll be used to the quality of the plastics in there. It's not bad. I don't think the interior is class-leading. I think they could have made it a little bit nicer, but they also wanted to be wiped down for dust and things like that. So... I get it, there's that balance that they're trying to find. All the grab handles and grips kind of had that plastic over overmold like on a drill, which is a little bit gaudy for me. Certain trims had different color accents in the interior that you're locked into. Mm. Like the Badlands was was um, orange, and I think like the Track was blue. And it's like, if you don't want orange or blue accents, you couldn't really get out of that. But I will say that one of the things we contributed to the Bronco was all of your off-road switches are right on top of the dash. So you can access front and rear locker, trail burn, uh, electronic stability controller, traction control, uh, sway bar, all right on top of the dash. They're not buried down low. That's great. You're not hunting for yeah. them. And ergonomically, it's really good. Like the window switches aren't on the dash. They're actually on the leading edge of the console. So when your hand's on the armrest, you just reach down. You can do the mirrors and feel for the, the windows, no problem, uh, instead of reaching to the dash. Ford did a really good job of layout. Overall, Bronco is a fantastic vehicle. The only thing I would say is if you're an extreme off-roader, you're probably going to stay with Jeep because of solid axles. Because I just can't, I mean, people are going to do it. They're going to put 40s on the Bronco and go do crazy trails in Moab. But it's not the best setup. It's going to cost a hell of a lot of money. And I know a lot of people are going to be solid axle swapping those things with Jeep front axles as soon as they can to get the really extreme. So I think if you're a hardcore wheeler, the Wrangler still makes a lot more sense. I think if you're a everyday daily driver, Bronco probably is a little bit better, arguably. But you might like the solid axle feel of the Jeep and be fine with it. So I think it becomes – some of it's going to become your Ford versus Jeep, and you're going to buy whatever you're going to buy. Some of it's going to be this one rides a little bit better, but some might be I like the you know JL interior seats a little bit better. Somebody might say, you know, I like the visibility of the Bronco better or whatever. So I think in the middle, they're actually pretty close. On-road dynamics are going to be a little bit better than the Wrangler, even
0: though that they're trying to create a Halo product with this, meaning mm-hmm. it'll do – it's a very – it's their most capable off-road vehicle. I mean, Sans Raptor, right, for – I think the bulk of the buyers will be city dwellers. I really
1: do. I'm sure that's the same with Wrangler as well. Is it? Although there's a hell of a lot of people offering, even in Texas. The Wranglers in Texas, where we were, were unbelievable. And I had a few Wranglers. I I,
0: I think, though, that when you buy a Wrangler, when you buy a Wrangler, I I know I'm I'm not going to go down the F-150 road again, but there are virtually no stock Wranglers. Someone's done something to every single one of them. Yeah. And I I I think that. that the- the Bronco, you will get, you're will you going to see a, a bunch of stock ones. Well,
1: well, Bronco, I don't know about that because Ford has worked with a bunch of major manufacturers, Bilstein, Warren, um, Baja Designs, Yakima, uh, uh, ARB, on and on to have over 200 products available at launch with a whole lot more coming, and there's a lot of aftermarket companies out there that already have catalogs of parts waiting for these things to hit. So they want you to have that experience that the Jeep guy has. They Part of the Bronco business plan was we need the modification money. Right. We want to have that with ours. And then they also have these off roadios in four parts of, in the country. We're at the very first location in Texas is where we did our off-road driving and all that kind of stuff. And if you buy a Bronco or a Bronco Sport uh, Badlands Edition, you automatically get a free day and a half pass to one of these places where you will use Ford's vehicles to learn all about your vehicle off-road and do all this crazy stuff that you wouldn't normally do to expose people to the to off-roading. And then part of every Bronco gets, I believe uh, it's the Bronco Fund or the Wild Fund where they're going to put some proceeds toward planting trees and keeping lands open yeah, and cool. responsible use because they know that both they need people outdoors who want to experience the Bronco, but they also need
0: to make sure that they're doing it responsibly yeah. as well. I think it's really cool that they are doing this and so many people, and I'm one of them, that I don't push my vehicles nearly as as hard or as far as it could go and sure. I also, there are a lot of functions and buttons that most people never access in their own vehicle. They yeah. don't even know what they do. No,
1: and Bronco's got full of those types of
0: buttons. And I think that, you know, if you go to, I think it's why um, when you go to an Apple store and they have the Genius Bar, why it's always so packed. People are like, yeah. I want to know what a three-finger swipe diagonally does for my phone. Well, that's
1: what these Bronco off-rodeos are going to be doing. That's great. Teaching you that so you can really – and I'll say, you know, for me, trails are probably a four or five out of Mm ten. For the average person, probably going to feel like a nine. But the Broncos, you know, went through all this, you know, rock crawling and mud up to the doors, and people are going to have a great time out there learning about their Broncos. Ford did a great job with that. Um, I think it's awesome for competition. I'm – I love Fords, I love Jeeps. I have a 1941 Ford Jeep, so there's the, yeah. the right? <laughs> I have a Ford pickup truck, I got a JL in the driveway. So I, I like both brands. I'm honored that I've been a part of both brands and both of these products to make sure that they're the best that they can be for the enthusiasts. I think that's, I'll look back on my career and say, man, I, I helped those two communities get off the ground and continue to have great product. Um, and I think that it's awesome, and competition is good, as evidenced by Ford saying, oh, 2.7 EcoBoost, boom, 392. Oh, you have 35s? Ooh, we have 35s, too. Because I know for a fact there's a lot of people at Jeep who have pushed for some things that Bronco has on it right now. Mid-cycle refresh is coming up on the Wrangler that you're going to see Jeep make a very competitive move on Wrangler with some of the Bronco features. Mm. Because in the past, they had so much money at the company, and Jeep was killing it. And so they didn't need to do all those things. So they had to put money in other places. You know, maybe it's the Dodge brand to Hellcat something because they didn't have new product coming or whatever the case may be. And now that Jeep has direct competition, management is like, we own this is our space. We have to defend it. So I think you'll see a lot of people uh, within both of these companies. It's going to be like. Ford versus Chevy it's and offroad. It's awesome
0: because we as the consumers we win. win.
1: Yeah, we win. We win and who knows, maybe it'll keep pricing, you know, down a little bit because there's more than one. Well, and that's unlikely. They'll be well, <laughs> I mean, dealership said well, it's unlikely for the next couple of years anyway right, as right. as Bronco's, you know, maintains its its hot streak, but you know, there's a lot of things you don't know yet, like, you know, uh what's uh, you know, are there going to be seal issues in these first ones with, with the way the top seals and the windows and, you know, just things like that and um creeks rat, i mean just all the things that are on a new vehicle jeep's been building convertible hardtop off-road vehicles for a long time this is the first one ford's done in a long time with you know modern technology and all that kind of stuff how's it all going to work i think it's really exciting to see like what does the enthusiast market say what what about the facebook groups that start popping up for bronco owners it's going to be really exciting how do people modify them are people going to be trying to squeeze 37s on them with no lift are they cutting fenders out to do that, or are they solid axle swapping them? Well, you said know. they can
0: unbolt the fenders. Right. That's
1: what I, they can. So who's going to be the first one to have that solution? It's going to be fun to watch and see what happens. I don't think it's going to be a, you know, I think it may be Jeep versus Bronco, but I think it's going to be incredibly friendly. I think people are still going to be incredibly excited to see other people out there and wheeling and be interested. Oh, cool Bronco. What what'd you do to build it up? Oh, my Jeep's still better. Oh, my Bronco's way better. You know, it's going to be... Awesome, and to see all the parts that come out of the aftermarket for it would be really cool. Yeah, I'm excited about it.
0: Uh, even though I don't have one on order, I am excited about it, and I appreciate the review, Holman, so thank you. It sounds like I saw the photos. It, it, uh, it's going to impress. I mean, whether you're a, a city folk or you're really going to take this thing wheeling, it really it looks to me as an outsider that they have checked every box they could check, and it's, it's had to be painful internally let me, to do that. Right. tell I, you. This is what it
1: looks like when an automotive manufacturer is fully committed to a new segment and goes all in. If if you've ever seen a manufacturer go all into a new segment, or you haven't, this Bronco represents that. The F- Ford pulled no resources or punches. They were aiming for Jeep's jugular. Did they hit? We'll we'll see what happens <laughs> over the next few years. Right? Uh, yeah. It's a, definitely a, a worthy competitor to the Wrangler. And Jeep should definitely be on their game to respond, and all of us win as, as, as and all of us win as consumers.
0: Did I see a standalone Bronco dealership, or w- like a rendering of something like that, or was that of the, the Hummer? I, 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 in the last few months, I saw a rendering of a dealership, like an offshoot.
1: Yeah, of- Bronco, just like Grand Wagoneer for Jeep, just like Hummer for GMC, just like Mustang for Ford. Are, is going to be a family of vehicles. That's why you have a Bronco Sport, you've no. got a Bronco. So some of that is going to be a corner of the dealership dedicated to these sub-brands, and some of them could be a, a, a standalone. I think there was a, somebody had put out a rendering of what a Bronco standalone dealership might look yes, like. Yes, that's the
0: one I saw. Okay, I was trying to figure I, I, I was hazy there. Sort
1: of a movement right now in the automotive to have more bespoke dealers for certain iconic product lines.
0: Okay. That would be very cool. All right. Well, not exactly knowing when they're going to hit dealership floors should be this week. They started shipping last week. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah.
1: You should be the first one. Should be out.
0: And you have yours in a couple of weeks. Uh,
1: I haven't set the date yet, but yes, I've been promised one of the very first ones in Southern
0: California. All right. Well, we're hitting In and Out. And then I'm going to take a- So uh, we take a picture a, of it in front of in and out and In to front you, of in and out yeah. it's exactly if right. If you want to
1: see more pictures, head over to at uh, Sean P. Holman on Instagram. There's a bunch of Bronco pictures,
0: wheeling and uh, not wheeling on there, so check it out. And then your review is on fourwheeler.com, correct? Correct, fourwheeler.com. Holman, how are you feeling about a little Know Your Note? Uh, that would be a big, fat, fatten...
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now
3: it's time to take a trip down Speedy Lane. We're gonna play an exhaust for you, and nope, we're not insane. Well, maybe a little. Know your notes, come on and cast your vote. Know your notes, get it right, and you can gloat. Know your notes, from room, from room.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't ever get to gloat, do I? There was that one time you with, it, a, with a Toyota, once. You're I think. Good. Yeah, and last time I, on uh, the last show, I got a five seven liter, and I said it was a Hemi, and it turned out to be a Toyota. Five, right, because those are totally the same
1: architecture, with uh, both being uh, overhead cam or pushrod. Oh wait, no, not one at of all.
0: each, not at all.
1: Uh, All right, got this uh, email from Dakota Black who says, hey, Lightning and Holman. Wait, wait, he's a rapper, right? Dakota Black? Uh, I don't think that's this Dakota Black. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: that's Kodiak Black.
1: He says, uh, here's my Know Your Note. First two sound clips are the same engine with the stock exhaust in the first, straight pipes in the next, and the third clip is the answer. Thanks, boys. All right. You ready? So do I know your notes? And I have not listened to these clips, so I don't even know if I your notes, <laughs> or more uh, grammatically correct, no, my note, yes, right. Okay,
0: here we yeah. go. It doesn't work,
2: all right. Lightning and Holman, I've got a special know your note just for you guys. Here is what does he mean, just for us? Do you think he does know your notes for other people? <laughs> I Do you hope think not. he has parties where he's like,
0: hey, gather around this. Tarp and let's guess what engine is behind it. Does he cheat on us? Like, is he doing know your notes with friends and family? I sure hope not. That uh, would be
1: depressing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One know your note with an unmodified exhaust
1: diesel and yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. I heard metal cl- uh, keys clanking. Is that a twelve valve? So that uh, sounds Cumminsy to me. Or is that Ford? No, it sounds 12-valve Yeah, 12-valve. He well, here's yeah. what I'm thinking. I think it's a curveball. I, oh, it's it's like, I
0: think it's an ag implement or something like that. Oh, you think so? Yeah. I don't think it'll be so simple as a 12-valve, do you? Uh, it might be, but I think it's a 12-valve, like it's a Fummins. All right, right? Look, L- listen to the next one. He's put it in something weird. All right, well, and this is the after. Okay. All right, with
1: the straight
2: pipe. All right, and here's the second one with a modified exhaust.
0: that noise That's
1: definitely coming for sure. Yeah, but did they that's like a big rig though, right? He no, says, no, not that the, no not that the No, not the not the, beat, the, the, no, no, that, the the buzzer.
0: No, that buzzer is not a that's not a big rig. That's a, that's a regular consumer truck. Then that has to be an early Ram. Uh, it's got to be Gen 1. I heard the doors one. close. It has to be Gen 1. It yeah. has to be
1: a, a 5.9, 12 valve because I heard the jangling keys mm. and the way that door shut and opened and the way that thing buzzed on startup with the glow plugs. It's got to be something. Uh, First-gen Ram. Uh, well, do we
2: know your notes? Here we go. All right. And if you couldn't figure it out, Which is likely. Uh Uh-huh. The unmodified exhaust is my 1986
0: CJ-10A tug. Oh, come on! Come on! Come on! (laughs) I remember he
1: emailed us with that. All right, Uh I'll let him keep going.
2: With the SD-33 diesel. And the modified exhaust is my 1974 Dart. With the same SD33 diesel, straight piped.
0: Whoa! Well, how I don't the hell even, are we supposed to know wh- that? What is that? I don't even know what that engine is. So I don't even know what the SD line of engines is. Wh- what is it? They were in Scouts. Oh, straight six. Okay. Who makes it? Nissan. Nissan makes the engine. So why is? What I want to know
1: is why is an SD33 straight six in a Dart? Dakota, we need like. I think I understand why it's in a C ten because it's an airport tug, and maybe that's the engine that the fitter used. But why is it in a dart? Please tell us more. I don't know, but
0: it sounds awesome. Do you think we get this? No, no, we don't. Oh, no, we get big time. We we God, we, we sucked. Get... Try again.
1: You know what we got? We blew our note.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Blow your note. <laughs> we need to. Blow your notes <laughs> <laughs> we need to get. <laughs> we need to get what? We need to get Omar to do a blow your note. Blow your note? Yeah. yeah. That's for, when, for we suck. when we suck, it's <laughs> <laughs> blow your, your note. note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you're, st- bad. You're, you're, you're bad. You're <laughs> bad. We still have uh, that that one from earlier with our friends over at Borla. Oh, yeah. That so, you uh, need to guess.
0: We might be able to redeem ourselves. Know your notes.
1: Well, this one is, I actually know what it is, so this would be just you uh, doing the redemption.
0: Oh, okay. Wow, oh, this is going to hurt then. You ready? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's all on you. All right. Here we go. <laughs>
0: You that, said earlier you right. felt that it was a four-cylinder. Yeah, four-cylinder. I feel like that's a, a Jeep, like a JK. And that is the Borla S-Type, this correct? Is S-Type? Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm going to go with a uh, a Jeep JK. And I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. that you've blown your note. No!
1: <laughs> that is the uh, Borla S-Type for the 2016 to 2021 Toyota Tacoma. God! So, I mean... I lose. Every time. I blow my note. (laughs) You blow your note. (laughs)
0: All right. Well, uh, we need some more uh, know your notes for lighting to blow your note. No, no, no. Listen, here's what we're going to do. So, it's always me, like, sucking. This... Oh, that sounded awful. Um, (laughs) You guys are going to send them in. It's easiest to email them as attachments. So, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That's truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or... You can uh, leave it as a voicemail on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105, 657-205-6105. All
1: right, since you uh,
0: blew that note, let's blow out of the show. <laughs> I don't want to go out on a, on a blow note. See <laughs> what ah, you did there? <laughs> yeah. All right, truckshowpodcast.gmail.com. Send us your exhaust note.
4: The Truck Show.
2: The Truck Show. The Truck Show. whoa. Oh, oh. And we
1: desperately need some uh, more emails. For, oh, wait, no, we don't. We have a stack of about 100 right here. Yeah, we we'll, got a lot. We'll get into well, them in the next wait, wait, We shows. don't want to
0: discourage them from sending us emails. No, no,
1: no. no. We'll dedicate the next couple of shows to some more inbox to try and get through... Uh, the stack that we have here. Uh, Please, we do need some more voicemails for the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. And of course, uh, you can reach us on the socials at Truck Show Podcast, at Sean P. Holman, at LBC Lightning. Uh, See what we're up to when we're not sitting in this really freaking hot
0: studio staring at each other from across the table. It's obnoxious. And if you uh, have an idea what kind of truck I should buy, since I'm truckless at the moment, completely, totally. uh, Yeah. That's Holman ringing the bell here. Uh, you should let me know at, truck show at gmail.com. I'm just going to listen to the bed for a minute.
1: It's so good. I mean, I still love it after all these years. So this We're is, going on four years, aren't we? This is episode 180, and if you include all our bonuses, I think.
0: Are we over 200 yet? No, but we're close. If we're at 180, I don't think we've done that many bonuses. We did no, quite we, a few SEMA episodes. Right. You think we did 20 SEMA episodes and other uh, random we, we, ass bonuses?
1: We would have. We okay. would have. I'll tell mm. you right now. What do you, This is Know Your Episode. Mm. How many I can't remember what I did yesterday. I can't remember what you and I did 70 <laughs>
0: episodes ago.
1: How many episodes
0: have we done in total? Uh, okay, so you're looking at the stats at our mm-hmm. uh, the I'm uploads. I'm looking at the stats. Uh, I'm going to say 192. One, no, I'm going to go a little higher, 196. Hmm. Price is right rule says you are a loser. Oh, God, <laughs> come on.
1: As, uh, as Bob Barker never said, don't come on down, Lightning. Uh, mm-hmm. We are at uh, 188 total.
0: Oh, so, okay. We only... Wait, wait, how is that possible? We did only eight SEMA episodes? Well, I think we called the SEMA episodes episodes. Oh, so, I think right, that's so we are at uh, 188. Yeah. So we're
1: coming up on 200. Huh. We would love for you guys to give us some more five-star reviews on uh, on Apple, uh, because I'm telling you. Despite me. Despite the <laughs> lighting and, <laughs> and despite myself, really. Uh, because if we can get to 1,000, we're going to figure out how to party. But so have we figured out a date? Can we kind of settle in July sometime? Because I think you and I want to do a, hey, we're at this brewery in Southern California for the next three hours. Are we going to give them, we've we got to give them some warning, we, right? Yeah, I think that morning, from this time to this time, we're going to be here. Okay. You guys should come hang with us. We, more than just that, we need like at least seventy-two hours, don't you think? Well, but what I'm worried about is if everybody beats us
0: there, because so many people are going to want to see us and hang out in person, <laughs> that we won't have seats. Wow, what an ego you have! Are I you, think, you don't
1: think we're going to have. It, I don't.
0: Here's the thing: our audience is global, and I don't. I think this is our California pompouses thinking that they all live right around us. I, I don't I'm think not that's California the pompous case. at all. No, no I, but I, I just don't think. I think, I think we, have, we have millions, and so we would like ten of them to show up and say hi. Uh, so let's announce the date. Uh, let's announce the date next episode. Okay, I'll work and, on it this and we week. We will do it in July. Right. We will have our meetup in July at a brewery in SoCal. In SoCal. Probably Orange County.
1: Because I happen to know
0: someone who owns a brewery. <laughs> so. Jordan is dying to oh, we should spend have, some time we, with us. We should have him come out. Yeah, that would be a good one.
1: All right, we're going to work on that for you guys. but uh, But until then. Keep on listening, and... uh, Keep on buying those Nissans. Well, if you uh, want a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, best in the business, the most standard V8 horsepower in its class, and also a hell of a nice interior with a fender audio system, zero-gravity seats, over 11,000 pounds of towing with the Nissan Titan XD, uh, then head on over to your Nissan dealership. Tell them the Truck Show podcast sent you. They are likely to uh, give you a cup of coffee. Or head over to NissanUSA.com, where you can build and price the uh, special... um, it's oh, it's the, the Titan spe- of your dreams. No, no, no! It's the special truck show podcast platinum reserve edition. How's this special? Uh, they tell us that we convince them to buy one. We'll send them a sticker to put on their tailgate. Will we now? Yes. Okay. That I'll do. All right. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> That's somebody comes the least back. We says, can do. Yeah. Somebody comes back and says, "I did this. So stickers are going out." I feel like I feel we, generous. Well, I feel like we owe them a beer. Well, then the brewery thing. But I don't have any money to buy them beer. So I would. You? Oh. If they said they bought, if they. if they Oh, you don't mean everybody. Just no. the person. All right, drive up to your. Okay, no, here, I'm saying if I'm they t-shirts buy, Hold on, wait, stop. If you stop. buy an Nissan Titan and show up at our brewery get together, yeah. then you get a t shirt and a sticker. No, they And get, you get Lightning sitting in your. Lightning will drive your vehicle home for you so you can drink a lot. That's a good deal. That'll do. That'll do. Wouldn't I, it be weird I'll, bu- like, I'll
0: buy all your rounds and I'll <laughs> drive you home?
1: Dude, I went to this truck show podcast brewery meetup. Enlightening totally took me home. And then people would be like, who? Why? But right, exactly. that'd be funny.
0: <laughs> I would do it. I'd wave you off. I know you
1: would. Would I be like the uh, the dad following like the teenage daughter on the date where I'm like four cars behind just to make sure that you know no hanky panky's nah, going on? No, nah, hanky panky.
0: No, I I'm getting the You're guy pushing
1: home. the dude out and taking his truck?
0: Nah, well, if he's got a brand new Nissan <laughs> Titan, I might kick him out. All right, you know what we need in this room?
1: That we don't have enough of air
0: conditioning. No,
1: not air conditioning <laughs> at all. That wasn't what I was going to say at all. I mean. Okay. What I was going to say is uh, clearly something's broken, and we need to go visit our friends over at DirtlessParts.com, where we can get uh, a. Do ding- they
0: sell air conditioning? Because it's hot as freaking oh, balls, so, so hot in here.
1: In here. No, uh, they God. do sell water pump timing kits, water pumps, and timing belts, and balance shaft belts, tensors, pulleys, gaskets, o rings seals, hydraulic actuators, and uh, any springs and hard any springs and hardware that you might require. Um, the cool thing about doing any of those kits from, uh, from Durlast mm-hmm. comes with a limited lifetime warranty, which means that 10 years from now, if this place ran off a water pump, we'd still be cool.
0: Well, their, their Durlast parts are going to last longer than this show is what we're saying.
1: Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with the 50 million vehicles on the road that they have a coverage for. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're looking to uh, cool off like we are- it's, that's the tie-in? That's the tie-in, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you want to head over to DirtLastParts.com where you can check out the water pump fan clutch kits, the thermostat kits, all sorts of tools and accessories, anything you need to keep your uh, your, your car on the road. And what's better than that? So uh, dirtlastparts.com or your local AutoZone. All right. I want to congratulate you on getting the, once again, to know your note right for our friends over nope, at Nope, Bor- didn't happen.
0: Uh, what? Wrong old Boyle again. Oh. Yeah, that happened. All right. Well, uh I love their touring. I love their S-type. I love their attack systems. I love the fact that uh, the Boiler is T3 or 4 stainless steel. It's got a million-mile warranty. It's made right here in the US of A. And there is a no-drone guarantee, which means that, like, 55 miles an hour, you're not going to hear a
1: which is funny because this show doesn't have a no-drone guarantee. <laughs> no,
0: we have a lot of drone, <laughs> a lot of drone on, especially in this episode. All
1: right, well, if you're trying to get away from us to a place where there is no cell service, you want to go to onxmaps.com or to mm-hmm. the Apple Store or the Android Store where you can, uh, or the Google Play Store where you can download the Onyx app. And uh, what's great about it is uh, once you find a desolate place where you want to go and uh, not be with in range of our voices Mm -hmm. you can still download the offline maps when there is no cell signal and keep on trucking over 550,000 miles of roads and trails that don't include your friend Holman and Lightning
2: are we there yet not yet
0: that's me
1: that's why we don't go anywhere together anymore. <laughs> 985 million acres of public land across the U.S. You see your current location on the map. Wow. You can navigate. They got the new navigator. Come on, are you going to push the button? Yeah, what, do, what do you want? I don't know. I'm just waiting. Yeah? You, you seem like you're button happy over there again.
3: You must be out of your mind.
1: No, but what is out of the mind is uh, premium is only 30 bucks a year for the entire country. Come on, less than one tank of gas, guys. And Elite offers all the trails and detailed maps plus private land ownership for as little as 99.99 a year for all 50 states. <laughs> <laughs> Head over to onyxmaps.com offroad And by the way, you can sign up for their free seven-day trial, and they don't even ask you for your credit card. So if you like to explore the backcountry like me, then you want to get hooked up with Onyx.
2: Yeah, buddy! Well, Holman,
0: that ends a really, 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 really long show.
1: Uh, not as long as
0: last uh, episode. Oh, really? Wasn't that three hours? What uh, happened? It was a little long. Was, was it bad? It was long. Oh. I don't know if they like long or not. I think they kind of like us around that two-hour mark. Wait a minute. Stop. Well, you're the one that says that we like to go long, that uh, they like the cars, the cars that go boom. No, no. they, they, they I didn't are, never said the cars that go boom. You're the one that said that uh, our listeners prefer lengthy episodes over two hours. Uh, there, are you saying that the Daytona truck meet coverage was just too long? I I offered to cut more out of it, and you're like, no, 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 it's fine. we had to keep it. We had to keep it. You didn't have to. You, we did. You didn't
1: get the experience of the Daytona truck meet if you had to take out all the, the audio magic that you put into that. Did episode. we get complaints? No. I want to know from you guys. Do you guys like them long? Do you like them short? Are we too long and drony now? Do we also need to come with a no drone guarantee?
2: That's what she said.
0: hmm <laughs> <laughs> What? Well, you said there, are we, too, are we too long? I also said, are we too drony? Yeah. Yeah. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors.